everybody, and welcome to episode 283 of Video Game Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Raparez. Who else is here in the ethereal Tyler Wilde Memorial Studio of the Airwaves with me? Disgraced Supreme Court nominee, Chris Antista. And Master of Terrace Kasi, Matthew Allen. And special guest joining us for the very first time, it's... A guy who didn't think of a cool nickname, Chris Baker. (laughs) (laughs) But it's great to be here. Big fan of the show. Uh, And yeah, I've done a few Cape Crises in the past, I think. A couple of years. And and, uh, Retronauts as well. Yes, Retronauts as well. We talked about some Batman NES stuff. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. You, you've been a fixture in the video games industry for a long-ass time, though, as I understand it. About 20 years now, yeah. Wow. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah I, uh, I got started at a website called allgame.com. This is going to be like the super short version of my resume. Mm-hmm. Uh, that got me the experience to be an editor at the official PlayStation magazine, where I was from 2000 to 2004. Uh, from there, I went to LucasArts for PR for about three years. Then I went to Marvel's Games Department from 2007 to 2014. Uh, after that, I was at Gazillion, where I worked on Marvel Heroes. Can't get away from that. Uh, and then uh, now I am actually with Zen Studios, known for uh, Pinball FX3. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. we just put out a uh, solo three-pack of, uh, of cool pinball tables, and we have some Which cool... Which is it, uh, solo or three? Uh, that, that's a good question. <laughs> it is a... Uh, three pack of solo related tables ah. um and then we have the williams collection finally coming in october Ooh. 9th and i myself am actually uh my title there is creative director and when you work at a kind of a small Ooh. studio like that it it entails a lot of things it is developments also marketing pr stuff too so uh you know i get to do a little bit of everything which is pretty awesome and these days i'm working on a project that i can't talk about yet and it is not pinball related and it's a really cool new ip for zen and Ooh. I can't wait till I can talk about it. Ooh, awesome. <laughs> and, and you also have written like a book that I really like. Yes. Yes. I uh, wrote a book you... a few years ago called uh, Wrong Retro Games. You messed up our comic book heroes. And it is all about how games that were old didn't do the best job of representing our favorite comic book heroes. Eh, they uh, had a hard time of it. Yeah. 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 You know, there's always stuff you can nitpick. And, you know, that's what that book is all about. It's kind of tongue in cheek. It, mm-hmm. It's not about like these games suck. It's about like uh, just kind of why is Batman purple? That kind of stuff. Yeah. Why, <laughs> so, why does Superman <laughs> keep killing everything with his heat vision in the arcade game? <laughs> Yeah, that, that arcade game. Don't get me started. There's <laughs> nothing the... Superman about that game except for the character model. What, why does he take the subway in the NES game? Yes, yes. Yeah. Is he, is and this, use ladders. The second <laughs> Superman in that arcade game, was he like red and white? Red. Or red? Yeah. Okay, yeah. There's like a subculture of people who uh, have done like, you know, deviant art on uh, red Superman. Oh. Uh, just because. Okay. Because <laughs> it's the internet. <laughs> of course. Yeah. yeah, you you managed to make your beat like Star Wars and comics, and I, I'm, yeah. I'm just hella envious of that. Yeah, yeah, I, I've been very blessed. Uh, you know, I, I was at I was at LucasArts at a pretty good time back when uh, Lego Star Wars was still a new thing. Back mm. when uh, Star Wars Battlefront Two came out, basically the the very end of the prequel era, going into the kind of nebulous, I guess, Clone Wars almost the, the stinky Clone Wars era. <laughs> I, yeah, I did I, on thirty twenty ten uh, in an upcoming episode. I've never opened the game, but uh, we're gonna talk about Fracture. <laughs> and I okay. Was like, oh oh that man, was, that was a LucasArts game. Oh it my was, god. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Terrain manipulation, man. 
Yeah. In in San Francisco, but like post-apocalyptic SF. Yes, it was a, a civil war. Mm. Uh, I think it was the civil war that started in 2161 or something. It was like a exactly a certain number of hundred years after the actual civil war. Ooh, uh, just a, except a it's couple, east versus a west, century or so and, off. <laughs> so you, you uh, worked on Battlefront Two, the original Battlefront Two. Yeah, I did PR for that game at least, yeah. and I got to write a uh, line in the opening crawl. That was one of my favorite things. Oh, nice. boy! Super quick thing to do, but it was like uh, they they changed the last or they changed what the beginning level of the game was going to be. It was originally going to be a space level, and they changed it to uh, the planet Maguito. So they came to me because they knew I had a writing background, and they were like, "Hey, we need a line about uh, you know." getting onto the planet Maigito at the, at the end of the crawl. So I like, I went and I studied all the crawls of all the Star Wars movies and everything, and I realized, like, the last part is always just one really long sentence. <laughs> so so that's exactly what I did. I never knew there was a, <laughs> a template. Yes, uh, very much wow. so. Uh, I you... would have started the crawl with, News on the March! <laughs> Star Wars! <laughs> 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 uh, Chris Baker also has a uh, fantastic YouTube channel, right? Um, uh, I, I like it. I, I, I love I think your I YouTube fun channel, stuff. Man. Uh, yeah, the uh, it's called Superhero Video Games. It is about superhero video games, believe it or not. Uh, I do have uh, one Star Wars video and an interview I did with Mark Hamill on it, so there is uh, some cool uh, Star Wars stuff on there, too. Um, yeah, but superhero.vg is a nice, quick way to get there. Hell yeah. If you're curious about that. And, and also to your credit, cool. despite your uh, knowledge and resume, you look younger than almost anyone I know. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly than any of I us. I get that a lot. I get that a lot. Yes. Yes. Mm. Yes. Uh, I think actually as we record, uh, the, the clock will strike midnight here on the East Coast and I will be yet another year older. Oh, my. So, oh, yes. happy birthday, CB. <laughs> Thank happy you birthday much. again. And all you out there listening better wish him happy birthday, too. <laughs> <laughs> or I'll be very disappointed and not do anything else. Um, I mean, in relation to that. But uh, <laughs> we have a fun show today. It's it's your idea, actually, right, Chris? It's the... Uh... I, I, I think it kind of came about just because, uh, you know, the, the whole... Uh... The whole solo pack that we have, mm-hmm. it's a three-pack of tables. It is a, a pack that's based on the solo movie, just kind of the events of the movie. It's it's one that's based on the Battle of Mimbon. Do you guys know what that is? Is, is that in the movie? <laughs> it is in the movie. It's the mud planet. The, is it that mud... shit they fly through when like uh, Han Solo decides he wants to become a pilot because Jon Favreau dies? Uh, no. No, <laughs> it, it is the planet where he meets them. Mm, where he right. meets them and there's like the, the aliens and he kind of like he goes AWOL basically on that planet. So we have like a table that's from the Empire's perspective where you play as the Empire winning the Battle of Mimbon and it's like all like a, a mud ball of a planet. It's 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 weird but it's really cool. And then we have my favorite which is Calrissian Chronicles which is uh, it's Vlando Calrissian the pinball table and it's got like his whole life from the movie Solo through uh, Return of the Jedi including some stuff from the comics and Star Wars Rebels. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Really? I don't know if you, yeah, I don't know if you guys read the really excellent Lando. I did. It was this is awesome. Really good, right? Mm-hmm. Um so we like literally have lines from that that were written by Charles Soule who's bringing back Wolverine this week, I think. And there... uh <laughs> and oh, he really? uh yeah, so we have like uh for the first time ever we have Lobot talking. 
which uh, for Star Wars fans, I think, uh, you know, if you're a really hardcore Star Wars fan, there's like, oh, Lobot talking. Uh, he's voiced by Tom Kane, who uh, does a lot of, he did Yoda in the Clone Wars and stuff, uh, too, I think. So, um, <clears throat> so yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about that particular table. I, I have a lot of fun with that one. Mm, that's awesome. Uh, is there any more new dialogue from, I loved, uh, what's her name, L- is it L3? Who's the droid in Solo? Uh, yeah, L3. Yeah, L3. we don't have much L3 stuff going okay. on. She's she's in there a little bit, but not like uh chatting it up or anything oh not making fun of me you lost uh, another no, ball no, you idiot no, that would have been cool yeah you know sometimes we uh you know they were all made before the movie came out so we have access but we don't have like complete access mm. <laughs> um so yeah it, it's uh yeah so basically we are putting this out and you guys thought it'd be a cool idea too to like count down I guess the our five favorite non Jedi uh, Star Wars video games yes. because oh. the solo table, you know, there we have like I think nineteen total Star Wars tables now with Pinball FX three. Right. So if you like Star Wars and you haven't played it, there's plenty to choose from there. So these are our five uh, other games that don't have Jedi, which you know there's something like a hundred Star Wars games. I think our list here is like five games that. Do not have the force, or that you know they have yeah. it, but you don't actually control it it's, yourself. It's on the sidelines. It, it, yeah. it, it might be your friend or power your friends, but it's not yours to control. It's not you. Yeah. Because let's be honest, you gotta ban Jedi from pinball tournaments. <laughs> it just <laughs> look. Yeah. They can say they're 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 trustworthy, but you just can't. I don't know. I wouldn't believe it. It's like the ultimate tilt. Right. Mm-hmm. I've tilted on accident before. I didn't want to cheat, but I, I've done it before. I will say, uh, having not seen Solo yet, it, it creates a weird sensation. Like, for the first time in my life, when I walk into the toy aisle at a Target, I look at the Star Wars figures, and it's like, I have no idea who half of these are. This is terrible. <laughs> I need to see this film. Yeah, I didn't think that L337, that was a real name. I thought that was a really bad internet joke. Oh, man. Do they pronounce it as Leet? That's, no, they that's don't. The it, yeah, that's I think the you joke. you kind of have to know. Fair enough. I like Solo a lot. I, I had a lot of fun with that movie, and it's on Blu-ray now, too. It just came out this week right. on Blu-ray. Yeah, it grows more in me the more I think about it, and I've been doing some stuff with uh, Star Wars stuff. It's a terrible plug. They usually uh, are, but it's but go ahead. an advertiser on 302010. But you know those like remote control, uh, phone control droids like BB-8 and yeah. mm-hmm. R2-D2? But yeah, I have. They sent me one. I'm. I have been chasing my cat for two weeks Sweet. with like a legit R two D two. I really nice. want to watch Solo again. Yeah, I want that R two. I have the BB eight. Uh, I've had yeah. that for a while now. Well, let's yeah. talk afterwards, dear. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we'll we'll get into our top five Star Wars games without Jedi. Right Jedi. after this, would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. I did was pick up a bunch more records, which I'm like Ooh. super excited about. I sent you a couple pictures, like, look what I got. I hope you bought it's that like, SNL album. Of course I did. Oh, sweet. Because I meant to buy it when I saw it. And you I responded not. with a very weird text. I said, that- buy that piss. Oh, okay. Let me tell and you then I what. Saw, and then I saw your response much, much later. And he <laughs> says, what piss? And like, <laughs> called me and told me about that later on. I was like, I have no idea what he meant. Is, is Antisa having a stroke? No. I don't understand. I just have a bunch of cool lingo unto myself. Oh, okay. That you everybody said, wants you to You said, but that piss. Oh, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's like, it's like, so I was like, what piss? It's like, bank that piss. In I your meant butt. to say, drink that pee. That's what I was trying to say. Get bonus time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. And we're back to talk about what, Chris Antista, to avoid confusion? Uh, jedi list Star Wars. Uh, because, because I'm not kidding, this is not an advertisement. It's just, if you want to save 10% on an R2, awesome R2 droid on uh, Sparrow.com, you mm. can use T3 at checkout. That's 302010's uh, sponsor right now, and they sent me one, and I am absolutely in love with it. It turns on. It even does that thing where it like freaks out like and falls down on its face. Nice. The cat That's loves great. that. Do, do you make it fall on your cat? Uh, I wish I could. <laughs> I wish I could. He doesn't move that fast. Uh, but he all, but the boy, with a touch of a button, he'll zoom forward and go, Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> best thing of all time. It's... It's fantastic. It's amazing. That is awesome. <laughs> but yeah, you can save 10% on that. But T3 at checkout, All right. It, again, it's not a plug. I just like it. Cool. But it could be a plug because as Michael and I always say, VGA can be bought. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Anyone want to buy Ed? Go, go right ahead. We are ahead. for sale. Yeah. yeah. Solo Blu-rays coming out? Great. Lucas, you want to give us money? We'll promote it all Listen day. Listen up, Zuckerberg. <laughs> I mean, I was shocked because we did a promo for um, uh, the, the, the Solo DVD release, and it's like... I've worked with Disney before, but not Star Wars, but, like, you have to give me a pronunciation on L337. Like, what is it? How do we say your name? It's Lee. Isn't it? Well, no. They, they pronounce it L3 is the nickname, right? Yeah, I, I think, think they just so. say L3. Yeah, 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 yeah but so L337 or, or L337? Uh, 37, I want to say. But I, I know that's how they say L337. They say <laughs> you forgot to pronounce the dash. It's in there. Ah, okay. <laughs> Grammatically, I'm ashamed of you. All right. Well, let's begin with our number five. So I'm hoping that the roughness of the sounds in that one clues you in to what it could be, because really it could be anything. Yeah, that music is probably in every game we're going to talk about, more or less, <laughs> I imagine, and, and so are blaster shots. Uh, <laughs> do you, am I taking a guess here? Is that how this works? Yes. I, I believe this is Shadows of the Empire. Good ear, man. Yes, All this right. is this is absolutely Shadows of the Empire, where you play as Dash Rendar. And this came out on N64 like a few months after the system debuted to make it out, I think, in time for Christmas. And yeah, I mean, it was it was on the box of the N64. Like, this is why you need one of these things. Mm-hmm. We have an exclusive Star Wars yeah, game. Exclusive Star Wars game where you get to go to Hoth. you never gone to Hoth before. <laughs> this is going to be amazing. <laughs> Not that many times at the time. No. I think this was the first, like, really big 3D Hoth yeah, it was the first play. 3D Hoth. The, the closest thing to it, uh, to, to beat it, would probably be Rebel Assault before it. But, mm. you know, that was uh, uh, FMV Hoth. Yeah. So, oh. <laughs> I have a feeling so, yeah, you might see that one. This our first uh, 3D polygonal Hoth adventure. Yeah. And uh, so the the following year, I, I missed the, the PC version. But where the, the N64 version just had, like, the static 2D cutscenes, the PC version added, like... And 3D animation, full voice acting, and it made Dash Rendar drop names like crazy. Han Solo told me that Imperial walkers have been spotted on the East Ridge. I'm going to jump into a speeder and help rogue groups slow them down. 
Your Lord may be saying so, Captain, but it's been quite some time since you've flown an airspeeder in combat. And don't get your servos in a twist, pal. Han Solo, Tom Servo, yeah. <laughs> all the names are dropped. Wow. Oh, it gets it gets better. Dash, what are you doing here? Princess Leia asked me to watch your back, Luke. Good thing she did, because while I was sniffing around in Moss Eisley, I overheard that gang talking. They worked for Jabba the Hutt, and they had orders to kill you. Here on Tatooine, where we are. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, can I ask, uh, uh, Chris? Yeah. Has Han has uh, Harrison Ford ever? voiced Han Solo in anything? The Force you know Awakens, of? Lego Lego Force Awakens, yes. No shit. See, yeah. like I thought he was like the that's Dash Rendar is like a very Han Solo type, I was guessing because mm-hmm. he wouldn't participate. Cuz that that Han, could Han, be that could contribute, but yeah, uh, uh yeah, as far as I know, uh the Force Awakens, Lego Force Awakens uh is wow. the only time. I was surprised when I played it. Uh, Me too. To hear uh Han is everybody pretty much everybody's in that game? Yeah, I, I never, I never even got to that part because it's a Lego game and it takes hours. Yeah, uh, yeah. but <laughs> but uh, yeah, he was he's like the one holdout because I, I've seen Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill just kind of like dip in and out of the franchise. Uh, but you can speak more to um, in general, like this entire franchise. We talked about it on thirty twenty ten uh, two years ago, but this is sort of like Lucas taking canon yeah. very seriously for the first time on every single level except movies. Absolutely, yeah. Shadows of the Empire was a really big deal. Oh, yeah. Not just in games, but just uh, as, a, as a media event. It was probably the biggest Star Wars thing to happen between Return of the Jedi and, I guess, the re-releases, which would be the year after. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so you had the game. You had the, the real kind of centerpiece was the book. There was a book, and it took place between episodes four and five. So it's all about finding Han and uh, con- constructing that uh, ridiculous plot at Jabba the Hutt's that it's been pointed out on the internet. Like, what was Luke's plan? It's like, it, <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah. So th- there was the the book. There was the game. The book was more about like Leia and, and Chewie and them. The game, of course, was Dash Rendar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dash was, in the book. was a really small part of the book. Yeah, yeah, he he was he was in it. He was like a, a bit player, and then there was the comic from Dark Horse, mm-hmm. uh, which was more about the bounty hunters. And it was like there's a cool scene of like Boba Fett and the Slave One with Han Solo, Frozen Carbonite, like talking about what he's going to do with them. And then then uh, is it IG88? I think is the one who uh, wants to steal Han away from uh, Boba Fett, and they have a. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, they have a fight, so and, IG-88, and they even had a soundtrack. IG eighty eight is right. an enduringly terrifying part of that game. If this noise brings back any memories, that's the sound of being chased around an arena by a big angry robot bounty hunter. Yeah, I feel like everyone had the IG-88 action figures back in the oh, yeah. 80s, because those those yeah, were the totally. ones that were always available. I think he was my first ever action figure, actually. Well, he was that's, the one that, that didn't fit in the case, because he was so tall. He was so ah. tall, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I remember about the Shadows of the Empire um, marketing blitz, is that, like, I don't again, I always love that documentary, uh, Plastic Galaxy, if you've never seen it, which is a documentary just about Star Wars figures. But, like, Lucas took most Star Wars figures off the shelf. Uh, for a long time, oh, yeah. and this is sort of like we're making new Star Wars figures. They're for Shadows of the Empire, mm. and you might not know some of these people. 
Uh, yeah, the, but they were all over the you place. You know, I think I could, I could redo for... this figure and do it better next time. <laughs> I'm just going to take it off the shelf, and this is the all-new figure. Uh, it's better than the one you grew up with. I, I still have my Dash Rendar somewhere, and uh, I thought about getting... His, so his ship, which he's very much like an off-brand Han Solo, yeah. uh, but he has that ship, the Outrider, the Outrider. which in, in the game and, and the other properties, like it looks a lot like the Millennium Falcon. But then you see the toy, and it's this little sort of like a B-wing thing, where it's like, oh, the uh, pilot pod like swings down to make it like a cross shape, and it's like that's it's not supposed to do that. It doesn't do that in the game. Yeah. Cool thing about that ship, though, is they actually put it in the Star Wars Special Edition. They did the yeah. following year, yeah, and it's still there. So kind of Dash Rendar is canon. Yeah, I've... actually, there is a story I read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is a Dash Rendar. The name does exist in the universe uh, in the new Star Wars canon really? now. Apparently, there's yeah. some short story that references him. It's not much more than referencing him, uh, but maybe someday we can get a full, newly canonical Dash Rendar. Ooh, maybe. I mean, if, if anything, like those those non-numbered Star Wars movies keep elevating the canon of Rebels to like such a in exquisite status that like I should be watching Rebels I would know why I don't want to spoil Solo and I know I know it's been out for a while but Michael hasn't seen it that's true well the thing about Solo I really like is like it, it like justifies so much like fandom uh, just uh, you know extended universe fandom uh, even the stuff that before it wasn't canon because there's like there's like callbacks to books that came out in like 1983 in solo, really. And of course, Terrace Cassie's mentioned. Uh, yeah, there's there's all oh, kinds of. Uh, <laughs> yeah, was that was that made up for the game, or was that a pre-existing thing? It was. It debuted in the book of Shadows of the Empire. Actually, that was where it was first mentioned. Oh, and then, yeah. Yeah. I love Chris Baker. <laughs> <laughs> then weren't you telling? We, it was in it, Galaxies. It was, it was in too. Star Wars Galaxies, yeah. which initially. Yes hinted strongly that it had Jedi, but I'm not sure that it ever did uh, when it debuted. But yeah, I started that game as a Terrace Kasi brawler uh, because I thought that like, well, this seems like the likeliest thing that will eventually lead to me becoming a Jedi, right? <laughs> yeah, never. Yeah, there's actually a couple of like uh, shit. I want to say there's a ship and there's like a weapon that were created for galaxies that are in Solo. Like they dug oh, wow. into galaxies for stuff that's in Solo. Yeah, well, the the Dash Rendar thing being canon, like I I was convinced of it because the Outrider is in Disney Infinity, in like the yeah, Tatooine it level. It's it's flying overhead, and I remember I pointing it out online, and somebody's like, "Uh, no, that ship was in the original Star Wars." If you look here, I'm like, "Oh, okay." So I I thought like, "Oh, it's always been a part of it, and it was just adapted for Shadows of the Empire." But now finding out that like, no, 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 it was just inserted in the special editions. As a nod to that, the yeah, canon, it was invented for shadows. Yeah, the canon thing's weird though, right? Because if if the qualification is it has to have been in a movie, that means it's canonical that E three is in the Star Wars universe as well, right? <laughs> e three was in a movie. Oh, not E three. Did I say E T? Oh, E T. E three. God, E three. Video games on the brain. <laughs> I uh, mean, you know, there's been lots of. I guess it would be Legends content now that suggests that we do share a universe with the Star Wars galaxy and. There was that Indiana Jones story where he discovers the wreck of the Millennium Falcon that's like haunted by a Yeti-like creature. Yeah, that what? was written by uh, that was written by Hayden Blackman who oh, yeah. runs uh, Hangar Thirteen now. That's right. Uh, he was at, yeah. uh He was like the official Star Wars continuity guy for a long time. Yeah, he wrote the Force Unleashed, uh, and you know he, he does a lot of Marvel stuff too, like 
comics. Oh, damn. Uh, he's a really cool guy. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a fun story. That's never was canon. That was like uh, the Star Wars Tales kind of fun, just side stuff. Right. But yeah, yeah, that was yeah. fun. Yeah. Which, by the way, the Star Wars Tales comics rule. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I feel like we've we talked a lot about the background here, but not much about the game itself. Uh, Shadows of the Empire. Oh, it's awful. No, it was it wasn't <laughs> awful. Like for the time, it was pretty good. It was kind of this blend of uh, space shooting and on the ground, like quasi third person shooter stuff and uh you had that great swoop bike level where you're going through moss Eisley, and uh you can find like a floating spinning silver icon in the shape of uh max from sam and max and it's like the only such easter egg that <laughs> references that but uh there's also that that great bit in the credits about like just starts popping up with like a wampa ate my sister once it was pining for the fjords it's like ha ha yeah. nice monty python reference yeah so that was appropriately all over the map right yeah one one memory i have of this is that it you know i did not have an n64 at the time so uh, as a huge star wars fan i just had to mooch off of friends and stuff like that You're and telling then it me came you missed out on, out on paying 80 dollars for this or however much it was <laughs> yeah no kidding it came on pc it was the first game that i wanted on pc that required a 3d graphics card oh, man. which of course i didn't have wow. either so i was pretty screwed back then mm. how do you get that 3d fx voodoo there's another exactly there's another game i think on this list that's yeah i feel really I, I remember i picked up like a lucas um a lucas arts bundle on PC before the Disney acquisition for like for like 50 bucks it was like everything that's ever been available from Yoda stories to Force Unleashed I was just about to ask about Yoda not stories Yoda. <laughs> not Yoda stories Yoda stories was a great premise yeah I've, I've heard that uh, visually the PC version of Shadows is, is much better but then in terms of gameplay the N64 version is a little more fun well I I was talking to Brett about that this week on 302010 really that I never noticed frame rate until F Zero X, and then I went back and played Shadows <laughs> out of the Empire, and it's like, God damn, this yeah. is awful! <laughs> it's chuggy. Holy shit, this frame rate is terrible. Like, what, something like twenty FPS, maybe. Yeah, fifteen. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't know it at the time. But then, like trying to go back and play it, it was not easy. The good thing about basing your levels on Hoth or Tatooine or in space is you don't get to see the N sixty four's texture capability. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, man, they can render white like nobody's <laughs> <Yeah>. business. <laughs> Plain surfaces look beautiful. Yeah. I'm glad they got that sorted out by the time uh, Rogue Squadron came out. Oh, man. Well, let's move along to... Number four. Uh, can, can anyone uh, guess what that lovely... Sound blaster esque music the, the, is coming. The MIDI from. music is yeah. is hinting. I, so I was hinting another game on this list that could have um, that, that was driving me to buy a 3D graphics card. Is this Tie Fighter? No. Oh. oh okay. Is it? Is it Dark Forces? It is Dark Forces. Oh, yeah. I was gonna say Dark yeah. Forces. This is too easy. Now to get to my ship. I think everybody <laughs> remembers that one sound clip just because, like. If you were, like, they had a free demo for this, which is just the first level that I think everybody I knew had played that at least. And, uh, yeah, that was that was so much fun. It was basically Star Wars Doom at a time when Doom was right. gigantic. That's all you needed. Someone told me there was a Star Wars Doom and you could jump, which was, mm. at the time, fucking crazy. Yep. Yeah, uh, it brought new things to the genre. Yeah. And, and, and I just, I was talking to somebody else off mic about this that, like, my 
first Windows computer was a leading edge. Anyone else? No one? Okay, leading cool. Leading edge. Uh, it doesn't really exist, but it was like it was called a brand that like my mother like got suckered in through her. C- credit could card you not afford the B in Bleeding Edge? <laughs> I just remember my my dad yelling at my mother. We don't need a computer. What are you doing? <laughs> and and uh, it couldn't run anything, but for uh, some reason it could run Dark Forces. Man, and like that was just astounding. Like I don't know. It ca- like it came with Encarta and a Comedy Central stand up disc. To watch 15 seconds of David Spade and Adam Sandler making fun of people. Uh, if you really want to watch pa- Paula Poundstone and uh, less than minute chunks on your PC, do I? But it played Dark Forces, <laughs> and I was it got me into PC gaming. Nice. See, I played this game on PlayStation, so the music I'm guessing was probably better because it was playing it off CDs. Better, yeah. yeah. But uh, there, there's a certain charm in that that MIDI. But yeah, they this so this game. Is like I maybe you know this, uh, Chris Baker. Uh, how many times had the story of how the Death Star plans got stolen been retold before okay. Rogue One happened? Because I <laughs> this this was one version. I think Ubisoft yeah. put out a DS game that was a different version, and they sure did. Oh man, uh, yeah. So this I believe this this was the first version, and you know I think it's worth pointing out too. A lot of people think of Dark Forces as the game where you steal the Death Star plans. That's like three minutes into the game. There's yeah. a whole <laughs> long story well, there. Again, like I but said, yeah, everyone played the demo, <laughs> so that yeah. that probably is the whole game in a lot of people's minds. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, but yeah, th- there have been uh, other other. I, I I know for sure the one you're talking about is a game called Star Star Wars Lethal Alliance, mm. which came out from Ubisoft uh, for DS and PSP in 2006. I want to say maybe 07, and. Uh, yeah, that was a really weird game. That was a game that, you know, was done basically because there was a, a deal that had been struck years before. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, a game just had to be made. And, you know, the development team <laughs> wanted to take the Death Star plan. So they, they created this new Twilight character we've never heard of since in any way, nope. fashion, or form. Uh, and, you know, you stole the Death Star plans. Kyle Katarn is in that game for a little bit. Huh. Um, and it's really awkward, and you it doesn't steal them fit in him? with anything. No, you meet him like in the first level. Huh. I don't know. I've not, I've I've only actually watched this game be played. I haven't actually played it, but yeah. I don't really feel compelled. Kyle Katarn is an interesting character too, because like, and this might be fudging the premise a little bit because uh, he started out as like another Ersatz Han Solo, like Dash Rendar, but uh, then he mm-hmm. became a Jedi in the subsequent games, but. It yeah. was very clear, like, no, this is not something that is innate to you. You were just given these powers by, like, a mysterious artifact. And uh, it's up to you to use them wisely. Yeah, in the Dark Forces era, I thought of Kyle as basically uh, Alliance for Boba Fett. Because mm. uh, he, he's basically a bounty hunter. Yeah. Uh, or a mercenary, you know. Uh, and, you know, I think it is worth noting, too, like, uh, you know, we talked about how you could jump in this game, which you couldn't really do in, in first-person shooters before. But it also had a story, like a real story. Mm-hmm. That and was told with cutscenes and characters. Yes, exactly. Um, you know, it had like Mon Mothma has a major role, Jabba the Hutt's in it. Uh, you know, and, and so I don't know if it was the first FPS to have a story, but it was probably the first one that mattered. 
yeah, um, it, in that regard. It was definitely one and, of them. And it also relied on certain other characters that were in the movies, minor in the movies, and factored heavily into the games. And it was the introduction of the Dark Trooper, which I think showed up in a few subsequent Star Wars games as well. This Imperial officer, Crix Medine, wishes to defect to the Alliance. He has supplied us with information on the development of a new Imperial weapon. Those sounds you heard, we believe, come from that weapon. A new type of stormtrooper, the Dark Trooper. A new stormtrooper that can take out a rebel base that quickly? I should have kept working for the Empire. Ha ha ha. I'm pretty sure the Dark Troopers that were just mentioned there, uh, I I don't know this for sure, but I, I do think that their existence is kind of acknowledged in Rogue One with, I think they're called Shadow Troopers, mm. the, you know, the, the Dark Storm Troopers. Um, and then, you know, actually that clip you played is pretty interesting too because they mentioned Crix Maydeen defecting from the Empire. That character is like, he has a few lines in Return of the Jedi when they're talking about their plan to blow up the Death Star and like that's like a big part of his backstory. I don't know if that had been explored at that point, but he, you know, he's like someone who defected from the Empire and that's just like a, a name drop. It's like they were... They really, this is one of the first games that, like, kind of really cared about kind of expanding the lore. Yeah. And then it was all retconned. Hmm. <laughs> like, none of this matters anymore. <laughs> Although, yeah, Crix Medine um, did have a big role to play in, in Rogue Squadron also. Like, I think you help him defect in that. Although, you do the same in this because you, you rescue him at the end of one of the levels. I think it might be the first level where you face the, the Dark Troopers. Um but yeah, I've seen people saying like, oh man, the, no, the Dark Trooper really scared me when I was a kid and uh, fighting against it for the first time. But uh, interesting artifact relating to this game that I found uh, was there was like a UK personal computer gaming magazine from like 1995 that like in the, the pack-in disc, remember when magazines used to come with pack-in CD-ROMs? Uh, yeah, used to work for one. Yeah, yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> it came with a, a, like, there was a video on the disc that was maybe a little over 10 minutes where it's like British celebrities reviewing the latest computer games. And uh, one of them was John Pertwee, the third Doctor Who. And uh, he, <laughs> he reviewed Dark Forces, and it's adorable. It's abundantly clear to anybody that's watching me that I haven't the faintest idea what I'm doing. But I seem to have mastered the mouse, which enables me to go right, left, backwards and forwards uh, and get me along these passages as quickly as I possibly can. And I've already got a couple of guys. I've got about 15. 15 energy units I've got. I'm doing tremendously well. I don't know. Now, where do I go now? Oh, there's Darth Vader. I swear it. I know him well. Come here. Got him. That is like the British version of Conan's Clueless Gamer. Yeah, (laughs) it is. It is. And it's not Darth Vader. It's just like some Death Star gunner that he's looking at. Like, oh. Oh, otherwise I'd say that'd be the greatest crossover of all time. (laughs) Doctor Who fighting Darth Vader. Well, did he quote Shakespeare? I knew him well. (laughs) Oh, God. I knew him well. (laughs) I love it when the internet digs up stuff like this. Because there's actually, you know, there's, there's a decent amount of that kind of thing out there from like this era. But. It's just a matter of did someone put it on VHS and have they put it on YouTube? Hmm. I mean, it is on YouTube, so that's all that matters. And just that it's that it's odd that like, man, I mean, our, our our old buddy Rob Smith wrote a book about the history of LucasArts, but like, they let other people make 
their console games, but really went whole hog on the PC. And like, it's like that's where the Star Wars story continued uh, in the early nineties. I just realized Matt and I both nodded when you stopped talking, and you can't hear that. <laughs> <laughs> That's for each other. I did. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> but, but, but that, that that like it's very because like was tie was tie fighter and all that X wing out was that all out already? Yeah, that was ninety four yes. and five. Mm-hmm. I think. Yes, that had been out. And like, I, I those might you might be able to argue those are the best and most authentic Star Wars games of all time. I don't know because I couldn't figure out how to play them. Uh, but mm. but it's it, it I is kind of hard to play really them on weird. modern PCs. I'll say that. Yeah, but the the idea that Lucas went that hard at PC at the time because like I don't know like I remember finding out about Dark Forces it wasn't a marketing campaign that came after me I had to find out about it. I remember spending a lot of time it was it um, software etc it was like Mm -hmm. in the back of a B. Dalton bookstores whichever one that one was growing up and yeah the going back there that was like their software section and yeah, people really don't talk about it, but LucasArts was like half the games back there between the, the stuff, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the adventure stuff they were doing in Star Wars. It was like, yeah, they were huge. Yeah, you're right, Chris. I guess I never thought of it, but they were they were like the PC publisher. They were like one of the biggest. Yeah, and they were very PC-centric for a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, well, you know, they did they did contribute. They didn't uh, fully publish like Super Star Wars and the, the Star Wars NES games, but they were, uh, you know, part Partially, I think they may have co-published or were uh, mm-hmm. partially on the development. I think their logo of those. was on uh, You know, and then you had like uh, Rebel Assault on Sega CD. So you know, it wasn't like it was totally absent from consoles. No, no, no. no. And of course, but, Maniac uh, Mansion on NES. But but yeah. in that book, it's it's just interesting that Lucas laid out when they started LucasArts like no Star Wars games. Will it other people make those? We're going to innovate. In other areas, and they did, and they, they held out. Like Indiana Jones games came first, but like it took almost like six. That was years. a better Lucas. Mine sounded like Kermit. <laughs> Mine was he more Kermit. Sounds than a little like Kermit. He's a little uh, Kermit the Frog here. I, I don't mean to make him sound like that, but you just have to pretend you have no chin. <laughs> oh, no. That's, that's me. Not you inaccurate. know, he he lives near me and Matt. He's going to come beat us up. <laughs> There's, there's fewer people I'm worried about coming to beat me up than George Lucas. Um, man. Can you even imagine? <laughs> I guess. He probably could drop a neighborhood on <laughs> I was just about to say, yeah, he, yeah, I'm more worried that he's going to buy my neighborhood out mm-hmm. from underneath yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway, well, speaking of prominent PC games created by LucasArts. Number three. <laughs> Prepared for our attack. Signal Vice Admiral Thrawn to launch his TIE squadrons immediately. I'll, I'll give you a hint. The roaring sound at the beginning and end of this clip is the title of this game. Yeah, this is TIE Fighter. That's, yeah. <laughs> that was like someone put a TIE Fighter thing on a soundboard and it just hit it like 20 yeah, times yeah, in a row. Yeah, exactly. This this is a game that I've I've missed when it first came out, and I've tried several times to play it, but I have. When I said it's hard to play on modern PCs, I have yet to get it to work. But uh, this is a game I'm I'm guessing you guys have some familiarity with. Yeah, you know, my PC was pretty crappy when it came out. So uh, this and X-Wing, I would play uh, with no sound. I would I would uh, <laughs> I would put in my Empire Strikes Back CD and that would be my background music. Oh, man. Uh, but yeah. So, uh, yeah, this particular game, you know, we mentioned how Dark Forces uh, had a kind of went into the lore and everything i think this was probably the first one that like made a legitimate attempt to like tell a story beyond 
the, the kind of Star Wars you know, and, and it dipped into the Timothy Zahn novels, uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Heir to the Empire and all of those. Referenced uh, Thrawn right there. Basic, yeah, basically it's an origin story. Well, part of it's an origin story for Thrawn. Uh, which has since been revisited. He's canon now in a totally different right. way. Yeah, from Rebels, right? Uh, yeah, Rebels, and, and there's a book. There's a book called Thrawn. Okay, uh, mm-hmm. that's actually been adapted to Marvel Comics as well. Oh, nice. Um, so, uh, so yeah, this like it, it kind of put its stake in the ground as being uh, like a cool just space simulator game, like X-wing was, and then it told an actual like new Star Wars story, which was i believe i believe it might have been the first game to do that i mean x-wing had like a background to it but mm-hmm. uh, tie right. fighter like really told a story uh one kind of fun thing uh, I, I just uh i was watching footage of this a while back and i noticed it's the first place we ever hear the name of the planet coruscant uh Whoa. but but uh, it's it's pronounced coruscant <laughs> right. that's how i pronounce it in my head reading the timothy's exactly because it, it came from the zon novels he invented it and uh, it was placed into this game and stated for the first time and wrongly. Coruscant. <laughs> so this is why I love Chris Baker. So not <laughs> playing it without uh, the sound, you you missed that, and you missed all this great radio chatter. Beta and Gamma Squadrons engaging enemy forces. Alpha One, this is Mike Group Alpha using your target for attack. Alpha Squadron, join the attack and engage the enemy. Stop all Y wings from making torpedo runs on D thirty four. You can tell I'm imperial because this is clearly an attempt at a British accent. <laughs> I guess you didn't have what your would it have been a sound blaster card back then to not hear all this, Chris? I had nothing. <laughs> I had nothing. Sound blaster. But it is worth noting too that both Tie Fighter and X Wing uh, had like their three and a half inch floppy versions, and they had later on the CD talky oh, versions. I think this, right. what you're playing is from the CD versions yeah. uh, that you know had the more talking. There, I think there was a little bit of talking if you had the right sound blaster card uh but this like had a lot more and you know the, the music was better because it was cd quality we were talking about you know lucasarts being a pc publisher this was uh kids you'll never believe but pc uh, flight sims were like a huge deal on the pc oh, yeah. like flight simulations and and this it is a truly it's like a space sim like it it was arcadey but it was also like sort of a flight sim in the star wars universe like it was daunting for some people to even try to pick it up. Yeah. Well, it was also... That shit was hard. I couldn't play it. <laughs> yeah, it was also a really fresh concept at the time, which was like, it's a game that lets you play as the bad guys. Absolutely. Isn't this cool? Yeah. And I guess we haven't actually said in this game, you're just kind of uh, a tie, like a, an actual TIE fighter. You're not Thrawn right. or anybody. You're just... You're just some You are a random character who pilot. you name. <laughs> yeah. And you, uh, you, a big difference between Tie Fighter and X Wing is that Tie Fighters don't have shields, mm. which was that made things hard. This also like had some new models, like the Tie Defender, and the Tie Defender is now actually through Star Wars Rebels in canon. Oh wow! So yeah. what was the logic behind not having shields on a Tie Fighter? Because the thing is just basically like an egg between two solar panels. Yeah, I, <laughs> there is reasoning. I think it has. Partly to do with imperial incompetence, or not incompetence, overconfidence mm. of the empire. And it partly has to do with just like the way they form up. They're always in threes, mm. uh, you know. So like, they're in the the mind of the emperor invader. They're they're kind of dispensable. So no one no one's life really matters. Just the numbers. Uh, was, uh, yeah, so, lives and ships so are disposable. Send more. Right yeah, the, the real reason yeah. I think it's, it's cost. 
Like, if you're yeah, the Empire, yeah. you've spent a lot on not one but two Death Stars. That's true. There's no money left over for shields. Sorry. <laughs> Congress wouldn't pass. That the Space true. Congress wouldn't pass the, uh, the the extra money for shields. He disbanded Space Congress. You saw it yourself. It was in that movie. <laughs> Now that you mention it, the amount of TIE fighters I've destroyed in my lifetime makes me feel like I'm <laughs> makes me feel like I'm <laughs> I'm responsible for billions of dollars worth of damage. Just know, are we just gonna start going into what that defense prices right are? Yeah. <laughs> Talking about all the independent contractors yeah, on the yeah, desk. The, the poor independent yeah. contractors. Well who who was it who who answered that question? It might, it might have been Lucas himself actually who said like Lucas in the first Star Wars or the Phantom right, Menace That's right. And he said like but it, it's just like the Geonosians who are working on it, so it's just those bug guys. Don't feel bad. <laughs> Their lives are worth hours. <laughs> Their families are ugly. <laughs> and a few years ago when Obama was president, uh, back in those days, uh, there was a, uh, a petition to build the Death Star. And if you get so many uh, uh, signatures, uh, then the White House has to acknowledge it. And they did. And I think they said that if you wanted to build a Death Star, it's like more money than there is in the world. Oh, God, I hope that like a Ways and Means Committee like, actually evaluated this. <laughs> it was something crazy like $30 trillion. Oh, great. Uh, Thanks, Obama. <laughs> I mean, look look at our Mad King's plan for a wall. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's I, less like, than a Death Star, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but still, it's going to like bankrupt your grandchildren. <laughs> And still be ineffectual. No, no, we're not Sorry. paying for it, Chris. I mean, We the, all know we're not paying for it. The real waste is that some right, government right. employee actually took the time to figure that out when they could have been doing something more useful on the taxpayer dime. That's right. How dare things I mean, be fun? I guess that didn't take much time. <laughs> how are all these planes getting over the you wall? You know how much it costs the government for a space hammer? Hmm. <laughs> 500 space bucks. <laughs> <laughs> About TIE Fighter, uh, yeah. Uh, so it was I a got g- another sound. Oh, good. Authentic sounds of a cat being hit with a hammer. God, I love when they run out of sound channels and you can hear one sound cutting off while another yeah, plays. Yeah, that's like some <laughs> NES level shit. Yeah. There was like literally like eight channels on those early sound yeah, cards. Yeah, it's- yeah. Or it was like 16-bit sound. But yeah, I kept... So, I mean, you really you really hurt my feelings coming... Sound Blaster. I remember buying one like, this doesn't work very well. You gotta buy the Sound Blaster 4.2! Like, I'll never do this again. Sound cards just sort of uh, went away. They were like this big market that you had to have your graphics card and your sound card. And it was never like formally announced. But I think we all just at one point accepted like, we don't need to buy those anymore. It's The, the onboard mm-hmm. stuff on PCs does yeah. it now. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, the the uh, space between those shots made me realize, like when I was on YouTube, like both this and Dark Forces, the the playthroughs that I was able to find, like just had these super methodical players at the controls where they just like expertly line up single blaster shots. I'm like, that's very impressive that you killed that stack of pixels hundreds of feet away, but. Maybe just get a little closer and unload because it's more fun. Yeah. That way. Well, as we as we saw in Ep Four, like with Luke, you got to shoot like two hundred times before you make one hit. You know, yeah, so. that's true. Well, you know that that and they don't have shields. So. That says a lot about like stormtrooper uh, accuracy too. No, I'm calling out Luke Skywalker. I mean, you are a shitty shot, my friend. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're lasers. So what I know about them uh, scientifically, they're weak mm. they're, and they're better than bullet time. But are they Laser really time. lasers or are they bolts of plasma? Discuss. I could, I could. What I I wanted to mention is like Michael, you said you had had a problem playing them. I I thought I remember a couple years ago, Gog putting out 
um, very good version. Oh, okay. I mean, they're on Steam. Uh, yeah, they did. And it better. comes with like all the strategy guides and everything. And like X Wing, I think, has like a 400 page strategy guide. It's, oh, it's like damn. ridiculously long. It's fucking insane. I found it unplayable at the time playing it at my friend's house. Like, I had to. Do, read what before I do this? Holy shit. But also, uh, speaking of YouTube, like, because I've been looking at so many Star Wars related videos, now YouTube thinks I want to see, like, about a dozen uh, attacks against The Last I Jedi. I was just going to say, uh, can, let me tell you how bad The Last Jedi, Jedi yeah, is. The Last Jedi is the worst movie ever. <laughs> All women should die. Popping up in my recommendations. Oh, uh, can I make Thanks a, can I do a hot sure. take? That's the, Last Jedi is the best Star Wars movie I sure. ever made. <laughs> I, I liked it a lot. I love it. I love it. I've watched it about ten times. I think it's pretty, pretty fucking amazing. I had to see it again. I was wa- I watched it in a theater in Amsterdam. So of course I was drinking beer because they let you do that. I had to pee the entire movie. So that's like my only oh, memory of that movie. Everything is tinged by I really need to pee, but I don't want to miss anything. Yeah, Star Wars: The Last. I really have to pee right yeah. now. I got to watch it at Lucasfilm because um, San Francisco is too expensive for YouTube influencers to live ah. in. Okay. So- <laughs> So we got an invite. A the follows last minute. me, sure. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, that, that movie was fun. Lay off that this movie. game was. Fun. I love it. It's fantastic. Yes. I enjoy it too. Good. Uh, but yes. but was it as fun as <laughs> number two? Our reinforcements are taking casualties. Enemy forces have captured a command post. Let's go. We captured a command post. Hmm, so capturing command this posts, is. this is clearly ground combat. This is the successor to, so I was I was going to lament the fact that we no longer have the flight sims with TIE Fighter and X-Wing and stuff, but it's because they are now just a part of the Battlefront series of games. If mm-hmm. you want to fly around in a Star Wars ship, you can do it in Battlefront. Yeah. Not this one, though. Yeah, okay, yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about the original this is the OG Battlefront, pandemic right? Battlefront. This, yeah, did have, this, this did not have space it. In did it did have Hoth, though, didn't it? Uh, it had it had okay it had vehicles yeah, yeah it, did it did have, have vehicles. vehicles and I think that was like th- this was the holy grail of Hoth levels because it's like I can play this against friends or just random people online I can play from the imperial side and pilot an at at or I can grab a snow speeder and bring them down like it's one of those concepts that like it seems so obvious once you hear it but then like combine the mechanics of Battlefield with Star Wars. It's like genius, right? Like it's like yeah, it's it's Battlefield with Star Wars. And mm-hmm. and don't even change the name no, that much. No. Yeah, you don't need to. <laughs> Battlefront. <laughs> yeah. And and it's just like I know it's, yeah, so it's like the perfect concept. Fucked up cuz EA didn't even invent the name. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't. That's it's not true. their name. It That's was true. A what, Battlefield or Battlefront? Battlefront. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they just took the name from another mm-hmm. studio. But yeah, it, and Sorry, but the, this game was Oh man, it was so much fun, and and including this one specifically, because while there were Jedi hero characters who would show up and help you out sometimes, you were not able to control them. That didn't come until the sequel, mm-hmm. Battlefront Two. Uh, I know that's a surprise, but, uh, <laughs> but well, it's not confusing at all now that we, no, now that we, we have, have Battlefront, two, Battlefront Two games with the same name. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Although Battlefront Two did have that cool thing where you could. Uh, it, it did add space combat, and you could mix up the yes. space and the ground combat. They should just call that one, though, Battlefront 2, the one without microtransactions. Mm. That They just renamed the old <laughs> one. Battlefront 2 I loved because, uh, you know, I did PR on that game, and I knew it really well. So the first day 
I was actually really good. It's the only time in my life I've been good at a, a shooter, like on the first day. Wasn't that and, an envi- uh, enviable feeling? It, when you have that brief yeah, window it, it of didn't superiority. Last too long. Yeah. Yeah, when you're exactly. playing review copies with other journalists, uh-huh. and then reality crashes in on you on release day. <laughs> yeah, well, like the yeah. first few hours, you will generally be better than other people who are playing. But after that, that everyone will have gotten gotten good at it, and uh, your ass is grass. Yeah, and this Battlefront one is the very last game I reviewed at the official PlayStation magazine. I'll always remember it for that, and I loved it. I loved this game. Uh, it, it really like brought home. Uh, I, I think Star Wars is one of the, the few uh, movie uh, franchises out there where you, you can like kind of retell your favorite parts of movies and, and it and you want to. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's a big knock against movie games where you're just like doing something you've already seen. You already know what's yeah. going to happen. Uh, but like the Battle of Hoth is like just evergreen. Uh, you know, Endor, I would say, is the same way. And, and this like, even if you played it single player, which like literally had no story... It took you through, like, uh, episode one to episode two to episode four, because three mm. didn't exist yet. I mean, it, it, did uh, have, five, it did have some story. The destruction of the Death Star is a tremendous victory, but several Imperial garrisons escaped the blast, and their escape pods have crashed on the planet. They have combined their ranks and are moving on our base to attack. We must finish off the Imperials before our celebration can truly begin. I'll go kill the Imperials while this swelling music disguises how bad my voice is. It's a trap! <laughs> yeah, I was like, is, is that an Akbar? I think it's an Akbar. That sounds like an Akbar. I, I don't even remember having that much story, but yeah. Uh, I just remember I enjoyed playing through it uh, just battle by battle, and, and it was yeah. tons of fun. And uh, Yeah, it was also like a huge part of, uh, of an overall uh, Lucas campaign. It was like maybe the... the definitely first time since shadows of the empire but even to a bigger extent they brought this in with the marketing for the uh for the first time on dvd episodes four through six were coming out and they came out on the same day and uh they they, like advertised them the same in the same commercials and you know like battlefront had some really cool commercials too where it was like just a regular guy in the battle of hoth and uh you know it, it had really great marketing behind it and uh, it, I, I just uh, I love this game, and it um, I think it's a super important Star Wars game too. Yeah. It, well, it, like there were uh, at this at this time there were a ton of Star Wars games, but it, it became mm-hmm. clear that Lucas was like Lucas Arts was willing to hang their hat on Battlefront in general. Yeah, and, this came uh, this came after a huge layoff too at Lucas Arts. Like Jim Ward mm-hmm. came in as president and just like. Kind of uh, took the axe to the whole company, killed the new Sam and Max, and uh, oh, and uh, uh, took not uh, full throttle. Yeah, there's a new full throttle in the works that got killed, and you know, oh, a lot wow. of people lost their jobs. Stay tuned to the news segment um, for yeah. similar news about something related yeah. to this. Everything yeah. is Good cursed. <laughs> and I, I just well, I remember we, last week's laser time was about documentaries about films. So not only I think. The Star Wars standard definition DVD collection is one of the best DVD collections of all time. Uh, it has a Ken Burns documentary on Star Wars, which is done by the company, so it's not going to be very mean. But it, it, like, remember that if you had an Xbox, that had the first demo available for Battlefront 2. That's right. On, oh, yeah. On the DVD. That was so weird. <laughs> it's like, but it's like advertised in the back of the box that like if you like Battlefront 2, 
buy this one for <laughs> Xbox. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. nice. now th- this this game might exemplify our premise probably the best on this list in that not only are you not a Jedi, you're you're sort of a nobody. It, you're, you know, you're many nobodies yeah, who die and are quickly you, replaced. You are like battlefield fodder, basically. Yeah, you're either just like a random rebel trooper or a random stormtrooper that dies a lot. Maybe you get to be a dark trooper if you're really lucky. But. Right. Or you can be Captain Phasma and just get dumped into a garbage chute yeah, within sure. a minute or two. Oh, wait, that's the new one. Damn it! Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, you could shoot Ewoks. I think. That yeah, was, yeah. Uh, you could shoot Ewoks. That was great fun. Yeah, I think that was in this one. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was in the, the first one. You could do that too. Mm-hmm. I know you could do it in yeah. two. Yeah, and the, there were Wookies, so cool. non-blinking I Ewoks. I can't remember if you could actually play as Wookies on Kashyyyk or if they were just there. In any case, that was pretty cool. I'm confused. Either the second one or I this one. I don't think Kashyyyk yeah, was in this one because no? episode three had not come out yet. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. But it, I mean, it was. I thought it was based on the uh, the original films, not the. Uh... Well, Kashyyyk wasn't in the original films, though. Oh, I that's think true. It's, it's just we knew it, it was, was just there. in a holiday special. Yeah, yeah. Holiday. yes, yes that counts. It's canon. <laughs> R.I.P. Lumpy. Bruce Valanche is a serious contributor to Star Wars canon. Uh, <laughs> Please tell me you listened to that Gilbert Gottfried episode. It was fantastic. Mm, no. But uh, no. what uh, he talks about writing the Star Wars special, and it's like. Um, Lot of discussion about Cunface, which is something I'd oh, never God, heard Cunface. of. Cunface, but uh, Lucas named the character that. It's <laughs> cut it out of the movie, but it was good enough to wow. be in the special. That's what George Lucas called this ha- character. Haven't Cunface. heard it, but I can totally imagine Gilbert Godfrey saying Bruce Valanche <laughs> about four hundred times. Bruce Valanche, <laughs> tell me about Cunface. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's the awesome Colossal Podcast or Amazing Colossal Podcast. Mm-hmm. And one of yeah. the best podcasts ever for media That's that doesn't true. If you want to hear Gilbert Gottfried just randomly sing forgotten show tunes, it's your show. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I thought it might be interesting to quickly compare the evolution of Hoth sounds from the N64 to the PS2 era. Again, this is Shadows of the Empire. And this is uh, Battlefront. The reinforcements have been cut off. Those blaster sounds didn't change much. I mean, no. that's the same foley. I mean, it's tell. it definitely yeah. sounds a little cleaner. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, there's there's not that quite. What was the one in the in the first clip? It was like someone was just hitting the side of their ship, like something had stopped working. It yeah. was like slam. <laughs> I gotta say, I'm a little disappointed he didn't throw in the first Hoth level, which was the first Star Wars game, oh, which yeah. was The Empire Strikes That's... Back on Atari 2600. There wasn't an, a regular OG Star Wars on 2600? There was oh, not. Man. No, there was... Empire was in 1982. Uh, then in 1983 came uh, the, uh, the arcade game that is still awesome today. Yep. Uh, and, and they had, uh, like, Jedi Arena, which was, like, just a... Uh, it's not recognizably a Star Wars game right. to look at the gameplay. You, c- you can't do that uh, OG one because it's vector graphics. So uh, the Atari version would have been horrendous. Oh, oh man. That's oh, there was a there was a home yeah. version of oh, that. Okay. There, and yeah. it was horrendous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's worth a decent amount of money too. Really? It's uh yeah. yeah. You know, it's like fifty bucks yeah. complete in box. That Empire Strikes like Back game, I remember like some friends had it when I was a kid and it was like my first realization that it's just like Oh, so Atari games are just the same thing over and over again, and it never ends. <laughs> that's, 
I, I remember I did some article at Games Radar about like the evolution of the lightsaber, and there was like two Atari games that it's just Pong, but like you swing a I lightsaber. I think that might have been the Jedi of, like, battle. battle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. You use the paddle controller for that it's one. A, you had uh, to use Pong. your imagination like, for those you, games because that could have been baseball. Yeah. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, no, we told you it was Star Wars. It was on the box. Yeah. So this is Star Wars, and those are lightsabers. You have to, you have to. Stick it was kind of cool though. Yeah. Back then, uh, the idea of adapting an iconic scene was brand new. And yeah. if it wasn't the first game that did that, it was one of the very first games that did that. Uh, yeah. Like they took the de- the Battle of Hoth. Like you know, if you had a Superman game, you didn't adapt it from the movie. You you did the just a Superman scenario. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas, you know, you had this very particular scene that everybody remembers in the Empire Strikes Back and they tried to recreate it as best they could with the <laughs> limited abilities of Atari and Intellivision he- is the one I put Here's a question for, for better shows than us. Which has been adapted more often? The Battle of Hoth or Storming the Beach at Normandy? Hmm. And if it- Hoth is close to 30 times. Wow. Uh, I mean, <laughs> across uh, across like different versions of like handheld games and stuff like that. I, I did a, a count up of it once, and it's around thirty. But so there's like 30, sixteen so. World War II gaming yeah. franchises that did Normandy. So I, I think uh, that's Penny true. Arcade made that joke once, saying like, "Man, Normandy's becoming the new Hoth." That was years and years ago. Imagine how many more times it's been done since. It's probably then. just buried in my brain from yeah. when I used to read yeah. Penny Arcade. I, I'm surprised Hitler licensed that. <laughs> I really am. <laughs> Actually, you know French what? I remember in my in my uh, official PlayStation magazine review of Battlefront, I did like an entire rundown of every battle of Hoth because as like a sidebar, because I just thought that would be a fun thing to do. Nice. Did you call and it Hothstory? Because you should have. Wait, what? <laughs> call it Hothstory. Oh wow! That that yeah, yeah, that didn't make it through the edit stage. I'm the reason magazines don't exist anymore. Mm. (laughs) Just spitballing, I would have called it Hoth Mess. It's a Hoth Mess. Cessation of hostilities. Ooh, (laughs) that's terrible. (laughs) Uh, But is it as terrible as our? Trooper humor. What's this? No idea. Republic Commander. Yes. Yeah. Yes. This game. The Great premise game. is so awesome. Tactical shooter with a yeah, team squad of, shooter. Yeah, tactical squad shooter in the Star Wars universe. And many people probably never got to play it because it was PC and Xbox only. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is like a huge shame. But that was that was one of those Xbox exclusives. Yeah, I think I remember hearing it It didn't sell very well. And you can uh, correct me if that's wrong, uh, Chris. I, I think that's fairly accurate, yeah. Um, which is a shame because yeah. it really is a great game. It really it, uh, it has some of the best sound design of that era that I heard. Period. Interesting. Uh, you know, I just remember playing it. Uh, I just remember playing it uh, when it came out, and I had my surround sound on, and you know, you could hear the guys talking to you from behind, and you know, that it was it was just brilliantly sound mm. edited. They did a whole soundtrack, uh, like an orchestral soundtrack uh, within LucasArts. A guy named Jesse Harlan, who's really talented, uh, did a whole soundtrack there. 
it's it, and yeah, it's super underrated. It ended in on an amazing cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Uh, that it was a shame they never made the sequel to resolve. I think they may have resolved it either in Clone Wars or Rebels. I, I hmm. don't recall exactly, but they they did bring back certain characters. Should do a uh, top five about games with unresolved cliffhangers because I feel like there's a lot, especially from that era. Yeah. yeah. Stay tuned for when we do that episode. Eventually, someday. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no this this was great. Like uh, I, I feel like squad shooters aren't really something that exists anymore. Where it's like it, it's a normal shooter, but then you have these squad mates. You can give them orders to go and do things. And it might have also set a record for the number of New Zealander accents in a single game. Delta lead, squad mate 07 is now in your vicinity and remaining covert. Caution. 07 locking into your odds, sir. Getting acquainted with the locals, eh, Sev? That was fun. Where's Sunfak? In the next room, boss. Don't worry. Sunfak is making a run for the door. Stop him. He's made it through. Delta lead, it is absolutely vital that Sunfak not escape. Sunfak is a Geonosian warlord. He's a bad guy. You got to take him down. Brit, Jermaine. Check my prisons. vitality meeting. Brit, Jermaine, we're going to storm that door. <laughs> it's me, Murray. Murray, the clone trooper. Uh, should just should just get him in the <laughs> series. But uh, th- that is it is explained because that is the accent that the uh, the cloners have. As often as not, it will be your inherent physical traits that win the day. And in this regard, you will be superior to your more common brethren. For you are a commander, an elite unit, something truly special. I like that she had to really overpronounce regard there. <laughs> Clearly had some trouble with it, but... Yeah, that's one of those uh, Camino right, people, yeah, right, yeah. with the huge long mm-hmm. necks, yeah. Yeah, one of the things that I know that they were pretty proud of for this game was that all of the cutscenes are completely in game. Uh, at, you know, at the time, it was still very much the norm mm-hmm. to have uh, you know FMV cutscenes yeah. in between each level. But in this one, like you are, you're you can move your head around the whole time. Whenever like you know that person, that's not a person. I forget what species that is, but whenever they're talking to mm-hmm. you, you can actually look around. Yeah. You don't even have to look at them if you don't want to. Uh, you know, so they they were pretty proud of that. And, you know, just talking about the, the voices, actually, one kind of interesting thing, I think, is that they do all have very distinct voices. There are four people in your squad. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the kind of justification they had was that, you know, you had uh, different trainers of, 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 of these uh, troopers. So the troopers would theoretically, like, talk like the people that are training them, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but that's actually not how things have kind of gone. Everyone sounds like Tamara Morrison in some way mm-hmm. now, or Django yeah. Fett. Um, so it was kind of a little different idea that was abandoned. Well, they're they're also they were the first to do it. They're too. also specialized <laughs> troops, so they had special trainers. Yeah. But uh, I think one thing that I was told, and I might be misremembering this, was that like, well, uh, Django Fett was the first template, but then they started to use other people as templates. They were, they were like running out of them. Well, as I've told you repeatedly, it's nurture, not nature. Mm-hmm. Okay, everybody knows this. Yeah. You're not born speaking like a New Zealander <laughs> with that accent. 
You have to learn it, even if it's through a first-person uh, rapid aging sequence. So these were the days of, like, Rainbow Six, early Rainbow Six, like, tactical yeah, days yeah, yeah. on console. Or it was, wasn't that – I mean, this was, like, lockdown-era Rainbow Six mm-hmm. where, yeah, it was – and I wish this genre would come back where it was like true tactical shooters where it's like, no, I'm going to tell these guys where to go and then I will give some kind of command and then they will breach this door and go in and, and kind of sort of follow my instructions. And then there's some simple AI where they can shoot and defend themselves and all this. So, yeah, this genre just went away. And, and now yeah. Rainbow Six is just this multiplayer thing, which, which you have to talk to actual human beings. But Yeah, I was kind of intimidated by this game because I'd never played a game like that. Uh, and I was like, is this... Is this going to be a Star Wars game I don't like? Is this going to be another Rebellion to, to mm. name one? <laughs> so that's the, my least favorite Star I mean, Wars I, game. I thought the uh, interface was pretty straightforward. You just, like, look at a thing and command a trooper to do something. Yeah, totally. And, you know, depending on which yeah. one you command, it's like, okay, you want that thing sniped, you want a bomb set there, or whatever. They'll, exactly. They'll and, and, you know, I played it, and it was super easy mm-hmm. and, and really easy to get into uh, and, and a lot of fun. A- another kind of cool thing I think it did just narratively uh, it came out shortly before episode three did. Mm-hmm. So it took place in between two and three and it sort of introduced some characters, like really bit characters that would appear in episode three, like uh, the leader of the Wookiees. I think his name's Tarful mm-hmm. uh, is like a, is a character in the game. Uh, Grievous I, or his Magna oh, guards, yeah. I think are in there. I can't remember if Grievous is himself, but it, it, it does have like legitimate kind of narrative ties to uh, episode three um, and kind of like, introduces you to these characters you're going to see in a few months. I also remember this was like one of the best looking games at the time. Yeah. And and it had all these cool visual flourishes like at one point like if you shoot a Geonosian too close to you you get like purple blood on your visor mm-hmm. and then there's like this this little awesome. like just energy wiper blade that goes across yeah. your field of view and wipes it away. Yeah, as, as as like a Star Wars lore hound, you love that you get to see like the HUD was the inside of a stormtrooper helmet, which you yeah. never you never yep. seen their point of view on things. So, mm-hmm. a quick personal anecdote: Ep three gets a lot of shit, uh, but I have good memories of Ep three. I worked a screening of that because I was at Fox at the time. So my memory of Ep three is escorting Jack Black to his seat to watch the movie, and then going out into the lobby and seeing you and McGregor talk to one of our kind of head PR people just wow. just chilling in the lobby of his own movie. I'm like, Damn. hey, Obi-Wan, nice. what's going on? <laughs> I loved your dick and train spotting. <laughs> yeah, the only, by the way, Ian McGregor, the only thing I would say from the prequels on a fire. Yeah, no, he, mm-hmm. they, they should do an Obi-Wan movie and he should be in it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yes. Do that. Yeah, um, but anyway, that's our top five. Uh, unless anyone has any fond memories to share of uh, of other non-Jedi Star Wars games. Like, I, I wanted to do Empire at War until I was reminded that, like, oh, no, that does have controllable Jedi units. Yeah. Just because well, what, what am I- my first experience with that game was seeing a demo at E3 where they're like, check this out. You can build the Death Star, and now we're going to go blow up Tatooine. Boom! Fuck you, Tatooine. I was probably looking over your shoulder at <laughs> yeah, that demo. Probably. Uh, we talked about Bounty Hunter maybe being on this list for a short spell. Mm-hmm. And I think, Chris, you said you reviewed Bounty Hunter, didn't you? I did, yeah. I gave it a three out of five. Uh, it was, uh, I think Bounty Hunter is an excellent example of a very good idea, just not executed as well as it should have been. Mm-hmm. Three, three out of five uh, sounds you right. Know, it tells the story. Yeah, it tells the story of Jango Fett being selected as the clone template, basically, and it's a it's a pretty cool story. Um, and then just you have to to play the game, which isn't terrible. It's not terrible. It's just 
not you know it controls pretty badly i remember i, I quoted uh control control you must learn control Lucas. Oh. <laughs> I think that was in my room and they still hire uh, you. yeah and, and that yeah, in that review i remember uh Back then, our, our Ziff Davis publications would go on gamers.com, our reviews mm. would. And that was my first experience, like, actually, like, dealing with feedback on my oh, reviews. Dear. Because, uh, you know, you, and for a magazine, you just put it up there, mm-hmm. and maybe you get an email, but probably not. But, like, it was a three out of five, which isn't, you know, it's not bad, but it's not it's not good either. And uh, so, like, someone, someone accused me of being a Star Trek fan. What? <laughs> <laughs> yep. And that, that that's always like one of the most vexing arguments for me to read from commenters. It's like, oh, if you didn't like this, you must <laughs> like this other diametrically opposed property that on yeah. my mind is balanced on some sort of cosmic scale where you either like one or the other. The world doesn't work and like we know it's boys. impossible to like <laughs> <Yeah>. both. <laughs> How could you? I have a quick, fun uh, Empire War story, too, if you want to hear oh, that. Sure. Um, yeah. So I was I was just uh, at my cube one day. Uh, you know, we had like these. Cue balls were higher than our heads, so you couldn't see what was over it. But I heard uh, a voice on the other side that was clearly George Lucas, and 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 I heard him say like, uh, you know, this is uh, this is Lucas Arts. This is where we make our video games, and uh, we just had this new game come out. It's called uh, Star Wars: Empire at War. It's like chess in space, <laughs> and <laughs> that's how he described it. And uh, I came to find out the guy he was talking to was Francis Ford Coppola. Oh my. God damn! Wow. <laughs> and then later that day, I saw George in. I didn't see George a lot, but this time uh, later that day, I saw him in the Lucasfilm gift shop buying the strategy guide for Empire at War Whoa. because his son loves it oh, so much. Man. And it's like uh, you know, first of all, it's his gift shop. <laughs> <laughs> and and I'm, I don't even know. Like, you should just like go in like to the, the register and the Nickelodeon toy run. Like, just pile things off the shelves. Yeah, no, son, steal whatever you'd like. It's, it's <laughs> how are you? Pretty much. How are you, George Lucas, and you don't use a Dejaric reference instead of chess? Come on, Dejaric. <laughs> That's what he play on the Millennium Falcon. Uh, Lucas okay. wrote this, forgot about it, and then now lives in a company that's <laughs> made out of his yeah, old. If references. you watch those documentaries, he says like Hoth, Hoth. instead of Hoth, and he says <laughs> Nabu instead of Nabu. It, it's weird. <laughs> it's weird. It's in those documentaries. You just need to watch oh, them. God, I just wish he was there with Francis Ford yeah. Coppola talking about a Captain EO sequel. Like, please, oh, just please make that, that would complete my head canon. Yeah. <laughs> I think that that that'll be the the last criticism on George Lucas that like he is at worst he was not the biggest Star Wars fan. It trapped him and it ensnared mm. him and it made him be who he was. Yeah. And it defined his life for much longer than he thought it would. And he didn't even remember that there already was a Star Wars chess made by Software Toolworks, I think, <laughs> and it was awful. Yes. It's entertaining. It it's worth yeah. going on YouTube and looking at the, like, watch C-3PO kill Boba Fett or yeah. something. I, I, was, I was very <laughs> surprised to find that I have a copy of it that I, <laughs> I got from, like, Dan Amrick's rummage sale. The Sega CD version uh, is, I think... a. I want to say the Sega DC version is actually a little better than the PC mm-hmm. version. I could, uh, I could be wrong. I doubt it. <laughs> uh, they're a little bit different. Uh, they have basically the same animations. But, yeah, it, it's it's worth looking on YouTube for uh, – there are people who have just yeah. collected these animations. It's fun. Just, it's, yeah, it's, just watch all the death thing. animations. It's great. You yeah. just confirmed for me. I'm in. Otherwise, the, it's chess, it literally is Chess Master. Yeah. Under all that. I, I'm in a dark reality. <laughs> you guys confirmed. So there was a Star Wars chess on Sega CD. Like, mm-hmm. That's the weirdest combo. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> a superior version. <laughs> 
All right. <laughs> well, on that note, uh, we're going to take a little break. When we come back, we're going to dig into some new releases, some news, some other stuff, so stay tuned. The Galactica, you protocol puke, you're like a slave and getting paid, now pass me the loot, woot. I'm not impressed with your inquisitive quest, if you ask to make a gastrointestinal mess, I'm the best in the West, you check the pulse cannon. Ford 15 years before the battle of Yavin. I'm a big boy, got big boy guns, I prefer to disintegrate fuck shit on stun. So hardcore, I'm like a droid dar force, cause your head right off like you're a red R4. You work a star tour, tell me you aren't bored, tell me get on board, a great droid war. Like a few factories and plant my mind. And every single droid coming down that line Waiting for the day the order finally comes Eradicate all biological scum Get scratching. Is the world of today getting you down? Well, then why not check in on some of the good stuff that happened this week in movies, TV, games, and more 30, 20, and 10 years ago this very week with our show 30 2010. Here's a clip from 2008. The next, the next movie I think is even worse. Oh my god, like, it's yes. so bad. <laughs> and for, for almost fun, bad. Almost. For little boy Chris, who like first started to like movies and like the manly old movies of Al Pacino and Robert De Niro, it's surprising they don't do more movies together. They should be at this point, they should be Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon. Right. No one's going to finance well, a movie unless you're both in it. <laughs> maybe, but I mean, when they finally are together in Heat, it's like such a great scene and it's such a big deal. And then they come together for this piece yeah. of crap. Oh, it's a real piece of garbage. Well, De Niro and Pacino, of course, with Curtis Jackson, Donnie Wahlberg, and Carla Gugino. Curtis Jackson uh, is better Fitty? known as Fitty Sense. Fitty in Righteous Kill. I feel like you don't really see that often when two cops are the same age and they're partners. Yeah. It's and they're like both, a young yeah. guy. They're both oh in their god. late 70s right. and like definitely should have retired. Oh my god, you should see them running. And that- it is hilarious. <laughs> oh god. Robert De Niro is also fucking Carla Gugino dur- mm. in, during this. Jesus. And there oh. is a scene. There are multiple generations between them. Yeah. <laughs> there is a scene of her of him having sex with her. No! And he, he's making the Al Pacino face that's like... <laughs> no, I'm sorry, not Al Pacino, Robert De Niro. Oh, with like the like the, the, the puppet frown? <laughs> the, the, yes, yes. The, I know exactly what you mean. Yes, you say that. Yeah, it, it does. <laughs> when Kermit the Frog is yes. confused. Yes, like. <laughs> he's making that face. It is terrible. Robert De Niro said about Carla Gugino that she has sex with him so often... He's had to start peeing sitting down. He's the owner of a dick. I don't understand. I, w- I had to be um, like, babe, is he saying that his sperm is so depleted she turned him into a woman? Oh, yeah. <laughs> she broke your dick, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> like, broke it in half. You're Pacino and you're Fred Flintstone. <laughs> Jump into the past with 302010 every Thursday on LaserTimePodcast.com or iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Five, four, and welcome back to our wonderful intelligent second segment where we will launch directly into oh man there's a lot coming out this week and i don't know how much of it we've actually played uh, uh i did much. play valkyria chronicles 4 which is uh you know very fun uh it feels a lot like the first game in that you know you're Looking at a 2D map, selecting units, uh, moving them around in real time on the battlefield, which is 
really fun and shooting tanks from behind at their glowing weak spots, which is also really fun. There's also a lot of uh, cutscenes and tutorials early on, so I didn't make it very far because I started playing this at like 1 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk more about that it's, next week. Re- Real time tactics, though, uh, yes. top top down well, perspective. Yeah, or... turn turn based, but then you're actually moving a character around in real time on the battlefield once you're in control of that character. Gotcha. And you you know it's 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 sort of XCOM-y except that instead of moving spaces uh and expending action points, you actually have a little action meter like that meter. depletes yeah. as you're moving around gotcha. and uh aiming to, to line up perfect sniper shots. Okay. And yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Um yeah the first one was one of my favorite games of the last generation and uh it's been ten years. Yeah. So I'm I'm due. And we really mentioned I'm, was I'm it, all in for this one. Was it the last one we mentioned on our back to school up that is based mm. uh, based well, in was, the military? It was, two. it was two. That this was the PSP one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Third one also came to PSP but not in the US. I okay. They they held off and then uh they somehow decided Four is uh, let's let's bring it back because the I think the remastered versions of Valkyria One were a big success on Steam and PS4 and everything. So okay, yeah, I'm I'm happy to see this back. So more thoughts next week. Yeah, um, right. it, it, the beginning is again very cutscene heavy, which is actually what turned me off the first one at first, and then I went back to it for a review and started playing through it. And it's like oh, this is actually wonderful. I was an idiot for stopping playing it, and, mm. uh, so I'm I'm hoping for something similar. But very anime. Extremely anime. You know my strict no anime policies, so I'll be checking out. Thank you very much. Diana won't play it either. <laughs> so that's not the kind you're going to sit next to each other on the couch and play that one? Nope. All right. I generally have the same policy, but I, I did make an exception for the first game. But there was this one part in the first game that was made no sense, had no story bearing. There's like this flying pig you pick up at some point, And it's like, it's just a cute thing they throw in there. Mm-hmm. And it means nothing. Like, yeah, he doesn't do anything. He's a mascot. He's there to be cute for, you know, a yeah. cutscene or two. Mm-hmm. I think this this game uh, has a very cute uh, Shiba Inu with like a cap hanging off one ear. No. So he, I'd say he does something similar, except he has like one of those energy uh, ammo packs around his neck. So mm-hmm. uh, clearly he's useful. Uh, Arby's made a thing out of him on their Twitter account. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. That's you know. how you know you made yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the next game none of us have played either, unless one of you surprises me, but I just want to mention, so Pathfinder Kingmaker comes out. Mm. Another tactical, this tactical RPG this time, but the reason I brought it up, Pathfinder, for those in the know, was an RPG tabletop system developed. It was kind of a spin-off after D&D 3rd edition. It was like hmm. D&D was going a certain way with 4th edition, and they said, oh no, we like these rules and we're going to continue these. But the reason I bring that up is it's a way to plug our upcoming D&D podcast (laughs) which Michael is in the editing process right now Mm -hmm. so if you want that to happen the pilot's coming up but you do have to go to patreon.com slash laser time to unlock the show absolutely yeah it's not gonna happen (laughs) you know because because uh, we recorded a 302010 bonus show and then motherfuckers dropped their patronage before it it's just frustrating Mm. I hate I hate running a business <laughs> I'll prove Chris wrong. <laughs> Hate it. Uh, another new release that came out, but so we got codes from Square, Michael and I. We have yet mm-hmm. to play it. Expect thoughts next week. It's Life is Strange 2, Episode 1. Uh, comes out this week. Um, I just felt it, it's better because that is just a narrative-based game. It's We have to play through the whole thing before we can give you guys our full thoughts on this. Mm-hmm. So. 
And I've been uh, playing the crap out of Assassin's Creed Odyssey, but we'll talk about that next week when How it comes dare out. You? Um, I've been playing the shit out of something that I promised to play a long time ago, but I finally got around to it. I've been playing Destiny 2 Forsaken. Ooh, how is that? Uh, as a Destiny fan, it's really, really good. There is, um, there's a lot. Like, so I think one of the common complaints people have about Destiny is kind of once you get through those very short campaigns of the expansions, you're doing the same stuff over and over again. And this game currently has the opposite problem where... I'm playing it a few hours a night and I'm having trouble grinding through all my dailies and stuff. There's there's like almost too much content. But knowing Destiny, I think that's okay. Like I think that's intentional. They're saying, no, we just want to give you choice. Like in, in the past expansions, it was like, no, you should be able to accomplish everything and kind of play this on a schedule. And now it's just like, you don't need to do all of your dailies. We want to give you a choice of, of what things to focus on and when. Um this expansion is just, it's all in-game content. Once you get past that, that initial kind of campaign, there's a lot to do in the in-game, which is really most of your time spent in a Destiny game. Uh, so it's excellent. Wait, wait, can I say what I've been playing just because Chris Baker's here? Go Please. for it. Uh, I'm about to platinum Spider-Man. Nice. And I just want to hear your thoughts on Spider-Man because you're the only thoughts I was listening to on Spider-Man when the game was first <laughs> announced. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, it, I, I think it is the best Spider-Man game ever made. Uh, I'll need to think some more on if it's the best superhero game ever made, because I do love the Arkham games. But uh, I think uh, where it really exceeds is that it's taken... In the past, there have been a lot of Spider-Man games that have done, like, one thing really well, and then other stuff kind of slides. And this, like, takes all the little components, the web-swinging, story... Uh, combat like it takes all of those and it makes them as good or better than the best that has been so far so um, it felt like a very familiar Spider-Man game but like in in terms uh, it had like the greatest polish in all of those areas and uh, you know I think it's a the great first step and I think even the next game uh, I expect uh, my friend Brian Intahar, who I worked with at EGM, uh, <laughs> uh, to uh, kind of take it to the next level and, and give us some stuff we really haven't seen before. Uh, I cannot wait kinda... for the, ne- the next game. God damn it. And I, I mean, no yeah. disrespect to the current game. Yeah, the, the current game is fantastic. It's got some of the, the it may be the best Easter egg game uh, fan service in, in that regard of all time. Yeah. Uh, there's stuff everywhere. There's stuff, you know, I've been watching... Uh, a lot of YouTube videos and stuff that point some cool stuff out I didn't see. There's a lot of stuff I've seen that, as far as I can tell, the internet hasn't even pointed out yet, and I'm going to make a video about that in the next couple Atta weeks. boy. <laughs> Superhero.vg. I did, I did just, I, I equipped a skill that allowed me to take a picture. I'm like, I've swung past this area a thousand times and never saw the Nelson Murdoch Law Firm. Yeah. I just oh, sure. Yeah. It's there. Well, the, the address is on that card you get uh, right. in the... In one of the backpacks. Ah, yeah. Right. So you just need to track that down. So it's in Hell's um, Kitchen. There's actual Nelson and Murdoch. Nice. Rand Corporation's in there. Yeah. Uh, a little spoiler for my video. There, there's one guy. His name is uh, Brad Davis. He's uh, he's in the Twitter feed. You know, there's that Twitter feed. Yeah. And he's yeah. like uh, ESU Brad or something like that. And he's like the quarterback for Empire State University. That's an actual comic book character. And he appeared in one issue... <laughs> basically as a guy to date Mary Jane when Peter wasn't and to be like, oh, that Parker guy is a real loser. Oh, man. <laughs> so, like, that's like an issue from the 70s, and they took this guy 
and he probably says more stuff in that Twitter feed than he did in that entire <laughs> issue. But is he still talking shit on, on Spider-Man or Peter the whole time? Uh, no, I think he's mainly talking about how uh, Empire State University football rules. Well, it fucking does! Check out Peter Parker in his lean sweater vest yeah, from the yeah. 60s. If it was really Twitter, he'd be shitting all over somebody. Right? Mm. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, there, there's a lot of, like, cool phone numbers and stuff. Yeah, like, Peter Parker's social security number is in there, and that is a reference huh. I discovered. So, uh, yeah, it, it's uh, there, there's some really fun stuff. Uh, I think that, somebody also found the Ghostbusters firehouse, yeah. which is in there. Yeah. Well, that is an actual landmark yeah, yeah, in yeah. New York. But the myself. fact that they took pains to get it in the game is, is pretty <laughs> And striking. there's actually, there's graffiti of a ghost on the back of it. So, mm. you know, oh, I found that graffiti. Yeah. yeah. That place should be condemned. Uh, spoiler, <laughs> take pictures of all graffiti. It'll okay. save some time. Thanks. Thanks that for that. That place belongs in a museum. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> Mixing my references Thank there. you. Thank yeah. you. I've been playing a lot. I think I'm at 80% completion now. and I That's about where I am. I love it. I finally found kind of my first complaint, though, is I'm not huge on the stealth missions. Um, oh, the worst. Yeah, the there. Mary Jane and Miles yeah, yeah. stuff. Like, it's just, it just slows the game down. I'm not a huge fan of stealth missions in games. Unless it's Assassin's Creed where, like, once they find me, it's like, all right, all you motherfuckers are going to die now. Like, that's okay, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is, like, no, it's the kind where once you're caught, you it's insta-death and you have to restart. Luckily, they're very generous with their checkpoints in those missions, and so it's like you only lose a minute or two of progress. But, yeah, those are no fun. I will say I did, I did really like the one in Grand Central where you're Mary Jane and you're like telling Spidey. That, was, that was amazing. That was really cool. That, yeah. Cause, was, yeah, that was like very rarely do you get to see a superhero's powers from someone else's point of view. And that was even a thing where like I was trying, you could hear him doing things and I was like trying to see him, but it was just so cool because eventually, yeah, occasionally I would catch a glimpse of like him shooting and grabbing a guard and, and pulling him up or whatever. But like, it was, it was like real life. It's like, yeah, if you're turned the wrong way, you're going to miss it. And it's just so cool how that's one of the cool things about Spidey. He can do is he can be yeah. kind of quiet and creep around on ceilings and, and do all this mm-hmm. stuff. It's interesting. Did you, did you like watch Spider-Man go up to the ceiling and like web up the thug? Yeah. Yeah. If you, I if did. you keep staring at him, eventually he just disappears. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> I did keep, st- I, I was, I kept staring at the thugs cause he did it with a few. I kept telling it. So there was like, I basically had this like Christmas tree of just thug mm. ornaments hanging from the ceiling of Grand Central Station. That, yes. Yeah. Thugonomics, mm-hmm. if you will. Sure. Sorry, new releases real quick. I just want to cover a few. Hollow Knight, if you haven't played it, is coming to PS4 and Xbox One this week. It wasn't on them already? No, it was on Switch and PC. Wow. Um, South Park, I got this confused, Michael. We were talking earlier this week. Stick of Truth mm-hmm. of, uh, is coming to Switch, uh, not the fractured butthole. Um, That's been on Switch for a while. Yeah. Dragon Ball Fighters, 90s boy band pronunciation mm-hmm. with the Z, is on Switch. Um, this is the police two comes out on switch X one and PS four. And then FIFA comes on all the things including, and this might be the last game coming to Xbox Three Sixty and PlayStation Three. Wow. <laughs> nah, just dance is gonna keep coming for a while. Yeah, probably. that's true. That's true. That brings back memories of when I was at official PlayStation magazine and we reviewed everything for PlayStation consoles and uh including ps1 games in like 2004 <laughs> uh and they released uh mlb 2004 that year and you know on the, the 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 front of the box you have like the the big thing that sets your game apart and makes it like really great the thing on the front of the box was the only new the only baseball game on playstation one <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and wow. beyond that, it was like literally the exact same game as before with updated rosters hmm. and a new field. Yeah, I believe I believe Madden has the distinction of being the last original Xbox game. Yeah. Uh, were it not for that Madden, the Madden before it was would have been the last Xbox original game. <laughs> for Sounds two accurate. years, they were the only games that came out on that system. Damn. Makes sense. Uh, there is one last new release, but it is a perfect segue to our next segment, which as Michael starts to cue up the sound, which you will hear soon as he does... I don't appreciate being manipulated, Matt. (laughs) The Walking Dead final season, episode two, is truly the Mm -hmm. final season. Yeah, this could be the if they're lucky. This could be the final episode? Question mark. Like to be honest, I this is just on the list of releases. I don't know that it actually came out this week mm. um it did i can confirm okay. it did come out okay so yes. but th- the reason this is important is the the biggest news michael go right in uh of course uh telltale shut down did it did a majority layoff uh laid off about is it 250 or 275 employees yeah it's about 90 percent of their workforce yeah just kept a skeleton crew of about 25 people to uh continue with Clean contractual up. obligations which i think it is basically minecraft I mean that was that was news we never talked about. Like, Minecraft Story Mode was coming to Netflix. Yeah, it wow. it, it came. So I have Comcast Xfinity. There's like Telltale games on Xfinity. Their stuff was everywhere. It's it was this didn't happen for lack of distribution because they were getting versions of those games pretty mm-hmm. much anywhere you could have them. Here's the official statement for immediate release. Today Telltale Games made the difficult decision to begin a majority studio closure following a year marked by insurmountable challenges. A majority of the company's employees were dismissed earlier this morning with a small group of 25 employees staying on to fulfill the company's obligations to the board and partners. CEO Pete Hawley issued the following statement. It's been an incredibly difficult year for Telltale as we work to set the company on a new course. Unfortunately, we ran out of time trying to get there. We released some of our best content this year and received a tremendous amount of positive feedback, but ultimately that did not translate to sales. With a heavy heart, we watch our friends leave today to spread our brand of storytelling across the games industry. Uh, And then it says Telltale will issue further comments regarding the product portfolio in the coming weeks. And yeah, there are a lot of unanswered questions what this actually yeah, means. That's just such a, a shock to the system to hear something like that. Like, yeah, this uh, this company that, like, I, I remember when they first started up in San Rafael and, like, getting a press release from them about their poker game and uh, <laughs> be, being, you know, seeing them grow from that to, like, do Bone. And we were just talking about this, like, a week or two ago mm-hmm. uh, with that Sam and Max, their early stuff, and kind of climb to the point where they're this almost this institution where like you say a telltale game a lot you know most gamers will understand what you're saying and then just all of a sudden crash like it's it's and and no warning to the employees apparently they found out that day yeah they were being like in, in a related news story one of the ex-employees is actually he, he's brought a class action lawsuit against them really because um in california there are protections if you do big enough layoffs that that exceeds warn. certain yeah the warn act if you if you lay off over like 100 people at any given time there's a minimum amount of notice you have to provide mm. Uh, and so, yeah, that lawsuit um, that came a few days later is saying, hey, you had to have given us more notice than this. And, yeah, the 
the word on the street is that they were let go uh, instantly with no, with no severance. Yeah, no, and severance, if you've never spent a lot of time in the workforce, is like the only silver lining to being laid yeah, off. But yeah. like, I I have enough money to survive for the next couple months while I look for a job. The other silver lining, of course, is uh, knowing you can just spend the rest of the week in a bathrobe and nobody will care. Yeah. But, uh, well, <laughs> it's nice their, their former CEO, who was embroiled in some legal battles with the company because he was unsummarily ousted last year and replaced by Holly. Uh, so former CEO Kevin Bruner uh, had this to say, I can say I've done everything within my power to prevent today from happening. Uh, and Bruner said to GamesBeat, I've never wanted anything more than for Telltale to thrive. And so, uh, yeah, this is one of those things where it's just um, – it leaves sort of a gaping hole in the games industry up in the San Francisco Bay Area. Especially, yeah. you know, like their offices weren't too far from where I live, you know, and I had – friends there uh and yeah it's just to see people just instantly lose their job is in that many people um oh man it's it's just there's nothing you can say yeah, it, it's it, it's the worst it it uh, for for me like uh there's a ton of things that bum me out about it yes the whatever corporate malfeasance was happening that's a huge bummer and uh it makes me angry like everybody else but it was also that um I, I think we but we were all around like watching their trajectory, mm-hmm. and it was like one of those game companies that like no they deserve that. Uh, they did something totally new and they're being rewarded. Yeah, yeah. And um, remember when Walking Dead was getting Game of the Year awards? Right, yeah. brilliant game. Mm-hmm. Right, but what I would you know what you would eventually find out is that like um, what you can't forget is that this is a medium that thrives on innovation. And they didn't change enough. And uh, they they became a very popular source for where licensors could go and mm-hmm. make a game on a much le- a much smaller budget than what we would consider AAA. And they took on a ton of those. And I don't know that I've ever played a bad Telltale game, for real. But I have definitely stopped finishing seasons because mm. they're all the same. Yeah, I'm right there with you. You, you mentioned... Yeah. They didn't change enough, but the part part of it is um, rumor is their hands were sort of tied, even to down to their tech. The the technology that those original games were running on hadn't progressed that much uh, for newer games, and so they were extremely. I think it was Patrick Klepek like wrote an article or something like even things as simple in well now people take for granted in games like little physics things had to be like hand coded into their games because their engine yes. couldn't support physics or stuff oh, like man. that. Yes. Which stuff well, that, that was the, the, the former CEO is the guy who created the Telltale engine, mm. and he didn't seemingly want to change it that much because he was like the guy who created the company. Yeah, but like that that company had the money to move forward in a different way, and, they, and admittedly they chose growth in writing instead of innovating, and I think that will provide an interesting template how we move forward in games mm. because like you got to innovate you got to and, and here's here's the weird thing i thought of um if telltale was doing such a great thing how come nobody stole it <laughs> well some people it's i mean a few people have tried you you played that the planet of the planet apes, of the apes game, game that uh, got you. deleted from my psn um, I, th- I think that's it plenty of people have used that model life is strange we were just yeah we're about to yeah, play basically but, a telltale but game. even life is strange they added a little gameplay hook they that's added true. the time manipulation mechanic yeah. for yeah. for one which then they removed for the prequel the chloe prequel mm-hmm. um and and did a different mechanic which is like you can talk your way out of situations and 
yeah, and again, we'll have thoughts on the next one next week after we, we have a chance right. to play it. But, but I, I just I thought those games were fucking perfect. And then if you play one more than once, you realize your choices don't really affect anything. Um, and if there was a way to see if they actually did, that'd be be very interesting. Yeah. Um, and and just it didn't. They never looked better. What I hope the industry doesn't interpret this as as it is an indictment against single player narrative games, right? Mm. Because I think. Video games are one of those things where there's room for a little bit of everything. And, and, you know, the market size might be bigger for certain things. Like right now, it's definitely multi multiplayer shooters, you know, that kind of live service games or whatever. But that's not to say there's no market for games like this. And the the true tragedy to me will be if people just say, no, we you can't make those types of games anymore. It, it's not profitable. It's like, no, it, it might not be profitable with a studio of almost 300 people, sure. But you can make it if you have, you know, studios of certain size and you approach mm-hmm. you approach the business in the right way, you know. Yeah. You also you need to consider too how seemingly dependent they were on licenses yeah. which are not cheap. Yeah. 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 In some cases the probably some of those licenses cost millions of dollars up front. Mm-hmm. And, you know, <laughs> that that when you have as many licenses as they do, you know, I, I don't know for sure, but I, I'm just guessing they're just based on stuff i've seen in the industry uh you know it, it, when you have as much stuff as they do like that adds up and that's a lot of 20 dollars season passes you have to sell it's a huge cost but also what comes with those licenses is, is brand and name recognition and so you know it's easier to sell a, a star wars game you know just because there's millions of star wars fans out there than coming up with like all new ip you know so there, there's the trade-off that, that, that's the weird thing about it like if i I'm speaking for myself, but everyone's free to agree with me. If I told you right now there were three really good Batman, Walking Dead, and Guardians of the Galaxy games mm-hmm. that we're just not playing, and they're all affordably yeah. priced, yeah. it's just that they were so samey. They they also came really rapidly one after the other. Yeah. Where it right. was hard to keep up with. Oh, did Telltale release another thing? Like it's happening so often. I mm-hmm. think that's a combination of the. Um, the episodic model just being like, okay, at what point are you releasing which episode? And the fact that they had so many games. Yeah. And it, the, the weirdest thing to me is uh, that they one of their very, very best games was uh, Tales from the Borderlands. It's like, let's make right. a, a narrative series based off of like this goofy shooter looter open world series. Where people and- don't talk they have like one line like get your ad like that's all you hear in borderlands in the first borderlands and borderlands 2 you hear a lot lot more yeah but it's not they're still not like story games per se Hmm. uh versus versus they said no we're going to tell the story of those worlds yeah and it's not even like they'll have familiar characters but for the most part it was original characters that it focused on and it was amazing Mm -hmm. and uh yeah it's it's just that it was such a success is is kind of phenomenal i've heard from telltale employees it's like well because it's because this was being the least micromanaged out uh, of everything yeah that was being made uh, i think at the end of the day when the dust settles like walking dead which i already love the comics i'm very sick of the show and want it to die um but uh, i think borderlands will tell you exactly what telltale did well hmm that that'll be the game that defines who they are because that was something i don't think an, an ip no one expected anything of mm. Uh, up to and including Gearbox, because they haven't made another one. Mm. 
And, and it ended on a cliffhanger. Well, it the one been great. The, my favorite Telltale game is a license, technically, but it's not a big license, and that was The Wolf Among Us. Mm, so that's based it's on the, amazing. It's yeah. based on the Tales comics, and mm-hmm. and those were not fables. Uh, fables. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the fables comics. Yeah. A very small sort of indie comic project or whatever, and that was what's nice about that when you you know you're still within the constraints of a license, but when it's not borrowing from this major big world, you, you have a lot more freedom to tell stories. And that, to me, was my favorite Telltale game. Yeah. Also, Wolf Among Us and, and Fables, like, it explored one of my very favorite things, which is the sort of reconciled villain, and that the main character is the big bad wolf, who's yeah. become just... Mm-hmm. He's, he's a detective now. He's a protector, uh, even though he used to be a villain. And he's made peace with all the people that he used to terrorize back yeah. in these old stories and yeah, that, yeah I, the comics always... are absolutely brilliant yeah there's even yeah. A, a really good uh novel uh that bill willingham did called uh, uh it's about uh peter piper who's also peter pumpkin eater and you know oh, okay. it's always yeah. like the if it has one name it's always yeah. the same guy jack and, and the like, has a story a it tells dick. the story of P- peter and the wolf when the wolf was because the wolf in Peter and the Wolf is also the big bad wolf. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's big, 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 big. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he's he's the Ur Wolf. He's the template for for wolf stories. But that that series got me to read the comics, and I love the comics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. now Bigby is a great character. He's he's mm-hmm. one of my favorite video game characters in probably the past decade. Yeah, so. yeah. I, th- I think that is that will be their best game. But yeah. like, but I'm, I only use Borderlands because of what they brought because like. The Borderlands series was not that charming. Yeah, and I, I went into that not expecting much, and I ended up like playing through the whole thing in like two sittings. Like this is, I, I can't stop playing this. This is so good. Yeah, and the character Handsome Jack annoyed the crap out of me in Borderlands too, and he's mm-hmm. really good in this game. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, in your head, man. The the other news that came out though is is the Wolf Among Us two is canceled. Just oh, <sighs> just not happening. Well, of course, yeah. yeah. There's and, no other studio where that can exist, and. I agree with the, I agree with you lefties posting like don't cross the picket lines, man. Yeah. Don't buy well, these games. They didn't pay severance. That's part of the news is that they said that a bunch of partner potential partners have come forward interested in helping them complete Walking Dead final season. It's like, well, that's that's great if you could continue the story because it sucks when a story's cut off right before it's finished. But pay your people first. Yeah. Something uh, I, I know. Chris Baker knows more more than anybody, but license games disappearing, and mm-hmm. like this isn't even a license; like it's the company that's gone. Mm-hmm. So, like, where do these games go? Oh, they're gone. A lot right. of them are going to be gone unless someone comes in. I mean, it's possible, like you know, a THQ Nordic or somebody could come in and and buy the entire yeah. library. I mean, but they're going to have to buy all so? these licenses could... too. And that that's THQ gonna get Nordic's going to come in and like negotiate Marvel, DC, Minecraft. <laughs> Vertigo, yeah, Game of Thrones. That's a lot of. That's a lot of image. And... Like, yeah, like I, I, I agree. Don't buy, don't buy them. But like, also, like they're really good games. Even their bad. Like, I was reading about how they thought Game of Thrones was their worst game. I'm like, that game was fucking excellent and like way better than making a shitty triple A version. It, whatever. Like, that's the best Game of Thrones games that exists. Mm-hmm. Um. What the fuck are you going to do? Like, and they're going to go away forever, I feel. And that's, that really bums me out. Uh, another game, by the way, canceled um, was the Stranger Things game. 
they were working on. Yeah. And then the Stranger Things producer said, well, we fully want to make a game still. And I think they're out there shopping shopping it around or trying to find someone to make that game. But that's a bummer to me. You know, as someone who loves those shows, it's just like that That would have been. So if you didn't see our, our stream of the Planet of the, the War for the Planet of the Apes first party Sony game, that it's the first real ripoff I've seen of a tell, the Telltale formula. And they pulled the game right after we streamed it. And I don't know if it's back up yet. But that's what that game looks like in an update. That's what the Telltale formula looks like in an updated engine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not terribly exciting visually. But like, if you like those properties and want to live through more stories, it's a really neat mechanism, man. Yeah, it I, takes a special game for me to get in the mood for like those in visual novels hold a similar place in, in sort of my head when it comes to playing. Okay, I'm just going to sit down and soak up a narrative experience and not really have much agency over a character or anything, mm-hmm. it's the story's got to keep me riveted. Because I am... Uh, I mean, you guys know this. I don't go see many movies. I don't watch a lot of TV. My past, my hobby is video games. Like, that's what I do. And so these games, sometimes were hard for me to play. And then, especially, I would... Am I the only one? I would get this weird anxiety with Telltale Games where it's like I'm watching a scene and then all of a sudden they would come up with a QTE. Right, yeah. And it's like, oh shit, I got to grab my controller and like hit this thing and I would mm-hmm. inevitably like miss it. And I'm like, so Mommy's I. Mommy's coming up the hell right now. Yeah, so I had this like constant stress while watching it like, when are they going to do the QTE? And I never, never liked that part of those games of the engines. So. Hmm. Yeah, but they were, they were good. They were. Yeah, they were, they yeah. were. I mean, The Walking Dead was like this thing no one could ever have imagined like if you they changed adventure games i think we talked about that on a previous episode we were kind of when were we talking about like the history of LucasArts, and we talked about the original adventure games was like you know you had to solve these weird puzzles mm-hmm. like randomly putting shit together in your inventory and then telltale when they first launched they did that with like the strong bad game and and like their monkey island games and stuff they were they were those traditional adventure models and then adventure games became just no, this is just an interactive story, uh, and you don't need to really manage your inventory much. Mm-hmm. Occasionally, you might n- need to find a thing in the environment and use yeah. it. There, there was a while early Telltale games like Bone and Salmon Max did have that sort of like use everything in your inventory on everything else in your inventory and see if something combines aesthetic. Yeah. But Walking Dead got rid of that, and then that just became the the template for all Telltale games to yeah. follow. Yeah, Walking Dead would be like, oh, I found a, some batteries in the environment, now I have to go put them in the radio. Mm-hmm. But it was, yeah, it was definitely like. Very easy to understand puzzles versus yeah. like the ones from like LucasArts games, which are mostly just jokes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, the history. I mean, yeah, Telltale. What sucks about it is it's it's a lot of remaining people from the old LucasArts days, mm-hmm. and so yeah, the, you have these really talented people who've been making games for years now without a home. And I, I hope they, I hope someone else starts some some place or some new studio for them to go to or something because these yeah. are talented game makers and they deserve jobs. Right, and, and like it, but it made also made writing really important in games, and a lot yeah. of writers are out of work, and that's the thing. Like, I don't know, like when developers go out of work, they can easily find work, but like, there's a lot of writers from Telltale. Yeah, there's a big surplus of writers oh, all yeah. of a sudden. That Everybody wants to be a writer. Yeah, hmm. we're just gonna get a dream studio where like Amy Hennig goes and just forms like a yeah. video game writers guild. Yeah, and just do Twine games. <laughs> just choose your own adventure, all text. I mean, God knows games could use better writing. Just have this weird. All we are as a company, and you hire us. We're writers for hire, and we're gonna come mm-hmm. in and actually give your games real stories that matter, that make sense. Yeah, please do that. It's like those games. balancing companies or QA firms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Oh, uh, ha- happy birthday, Chris Baker! By the yes, way, yes, happy birthday, happy birthday, you. Chris! Oh, <laughs> that's right. Yes, it here is, now uh, it is my years birthday old. now. But when people are listening to this, it would have, will have been a day ago. These are Friday shows, that's right? That's true. So, yes. yes. Yeah. So you're already late and <laughs> wishing me happy birthday. <laughs> no. God damn it! <laughs> you're so inconsiderate, Chris. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah, Chris. Antista. We, we still have oh. multiple hours in California before it's your birthday. That's true. Um, so anyone else have any thoughts about Walking Dead or you want me to move on to the next news? That we may get into this more next week. Okay. I hate saying that I'm over it. I played through the first game twice and like, I just didn't have any interest in seeing the story through. It's very weird. It's very weird to say. I agree. I I played through all of, uh, Walking Dead. Yeah. I played the entire first season. Loved it. It was my game of the year and I never even played the second season. Loved I don't it. Know why. Loved the second season. Started playing New Frontier, and then by the time the second episode came out, like I realized, like it didn't save any of my progress from the first episode. Like I didn't really want to go through that again, so I just kind of it kind of fell off for me, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah that's, I think that's a tough thing they had to reconcile. Is that if all of us felt that way, odds are a bunch of people who wanted to be fans of them did too. Hmm. Um, I don't know. It's, I'm, I'm just I'm just bummed. There's no good way for me to transition out of this news story, so I will just use what you say and come up with the worst segue in history. Go for it. Maybe what those games could have used is cross-play, because I often found myself starting on different platforms and then I would get, I would acquire it for free on a different platform or whatever. Mm. So in the next news item, again, I warned you, worst transition ever. Um, that was For- pretty bad. <laughs> Fortnite is getting cross-play on PS4 as of this week. Which is actually kind of a big deal. Like the mm-hmm. biggest. I, I do think it is Fortnite because Fortnite is immune to the Switch Online plan. Oh, you mean you mean the fact that Fortnite, yeah, that that crossplay is happening. You think it's just specific to Fortnite? Like it's not I going think to spread to other games. Fortnite's model means it's in their best interest to pay whatever their own hosting shit is, uh, and keep their game as playable as possible for free. And that Sony's attitude was diametrically opposed to their business model. And if Fortnite threatened PS4 enough, I think they got they made some movement there. And I, I didn't think that until like it was announced the Nintendo Switch Online plan. Like if you don't pay for that, you can still pay play Fortnite Online, but yeah. not Splatoon. Right. <laughs> Nintendo first party titles are not playable without the online right. service, but Fortnite is. <sighs> yeah, because they wouldn't fuck with Fortnite. Yeah, uh, Nick Chester at Epic uh, posted on Facebook today uh, a Jeopardy question. A big gaming story of 2018 is Fortnite, this genre of game where the winner is last shooter or last team standing. What is Battle Royale? That was on Jeopardy. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's how big Fortnite is right now. <laughs> right. That my, my dad is asking me about it. My dad is asking me about Fortnite. He oh. gets Fortnite jokes. It's officially not cool if your dad starts talking about it. Yep. It's too late. Well, he's more wondering about it, the same way he's wondering about like fucking jewel vapes and <laughs> and clip piercings. Like, what are these things? <laughs> um. I ran into I ran into a former coworker uh, at PAX who he works on the marketing team for Fortnite, and he, I just walked into a restaurant and I walked up to the bar just to grab a quick dinner, and I saw him and I was like. How does it feel to have a fucking ticket to anywhere you want in the games industry at this point? Like that dude can he can go anywhere now because he mm-hmm. says I I helped launch Fortnite, you know? Yeah. Like, or remember when it launched? Like nobody cared because like oh it's this co op no 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 shooter. Uh, I'm I'm happy to go on record in 2012 saying that was one of my most interesting games of E3 when it was just a Minecraft clone mm. and I streamed it day one. 
because uh, we reached out to Epic because we thought it looked awesome. Yeah, it was a weird tower And that was before defense. it had a Battle Royale mode. Yeah, it was it was a horde yeah. mode slash tower defense yeah. thing. And- slash Minecrafty building thing. I was at the Spike TV uh, Awards in 2009, oh. I want to say, when yeah. Cliffy B announced it. Yeah, that game's been, <laughs> been around forever. Yeah, the, the last E3 also had something unprecedented for in my experience is that they they had just like one entire corner of i think it was uh west hall maybe or possibly south one of the two big halls but it was just huge sign that just said Fortnite, and they had like all these cosplaying models dressed up in Fortnite. it was an experiential booth yeah normally the stuff you'd see out in front of the convention center or like in the the concourse mm-hmm. it, yeah you just walk in the booth and it was like here influencers take a picture in front of this bus uh yeah it was even worse at gamescom dude they had a fucking zip lining thing oh obstacle God. course in their booth but but that just struck me so hard it's like not an epic booth mm-hmm. a Fortnite booth yeah well yeah. right Huge. now that's what epic has yeah and, you know that and they have the unreal engine yeah i know <laughs> it, it's just a break from tradition at yeah. e3 yeah. but i mean it was also very clearly uh, you know, uh, visitor focus, not not industry focus, because they were like selling T-shirts, and so yeah. So yeah, the fact that I mean, Chris, you're right. It's just it's a signal of the clout Fortnite has that, that they were able to convince Sony, who had been adamant, and for the past few years, it's it's almost been the butt of a joke. Like, yeah, everyone wants to do crossplay except Sony. Fortnite was like, yeah, you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this can only help Microsoft, and and you know, because their whole deal, their whole time was like, oh yeah, we love it, we want crossplay, you know. And so yeah. now, I'd argue that this could, like, I I think Fortnite was able to help strong arm them, but like as your multiplayer bases die off, like let's not forget they are in bed with Street Fighter somehow for that to be a console exclusive. Like it's in your best interest to make sure this is people can play this game online on your platform. Hmm. And the best way to do that is by extending it to every other platform. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in, in, including mobile. Like, that's yeah, what's crazy. crazy. Yeah. Well, that, but I don't think you can play with mobile. That might also um, be yeah. why the Switch version of Fortnite is keeping online play free, because they are competing with phones mm-hmm. and right. iPads. <laughs> and like, yeah, let's, let's not put any obstacles in front of people. Right, I, I imagine a fucking Epic executive was, we're not going to ask our users to pay another $20 for your shitty online plan. <laughs> you don't even have Mario 2 on it. Oh, man. Did anybody else play with Switch Online? A little bit, uh, yeah. By the way. Yeah, we talked about it uh, last week. We played just... it. It's amazing how quickly it all downloads because they're such yeah. small games. And, yeah, and the yeah, games are just... Thing. It's, yeah, it's Your favorite fast. NES games are kilobytes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And and it's a good deal. It's it's twenty bucks for yeah. the year. It's it's like got River City Ransom, man. Yeah, it's worth it for that alone. It, it's it's so odd that like I can't be the only one. I bought that shit to play the NES games. I don't care if I ever play anything on the Switch <laughs> online again in my entire life. I don't think I ever will. You and I might be on the same page. Splatoon is yeah. the only thing that's like yes, I think I would like to play that someday. But twenty bucks a year for a dr- a drizzle of NES games that are playable on my television, I'm down. Yeah, that's fine. Why not? All right. So uh, moving on, our next story. I'm gonna hey, let's make this a little game. I'd like you guys to try to predict the top selling games of August uh, 2018. Top selling hmm. video games across all platforms. So there's a little bit of a cheat because I already know it. So someone else guess. I think that I heard you guys talking game. about it too. <laughs> Uh, well, the number one, it's the traditional number one every August. Grand Theft Auto Five, yeah. no. Madden. Oh, right. Ma- of course, Madden, Madden is right, the big right. August thing. Yeah. Blah, yeah. blah 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 blah. Num- number two might surprise you. Capcom game. 
Oh, Monster Hunter. Monster Hunter World yeah. is yeah. still God up damn. there. Number two selling. Number three, this is the one that we were talking about. Rainbow Six Siege. Yeah. Uh, the 2015 wow. game yeah. is August's third best-selling yeah. game. The one that I keep telling Chris to play because you'd love it. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Number four, Grand Theft Auto V. Yeah. That's fucking nuts. Oh, Who's left to buy it? <laughs> <laughs> Lots of people, apparently. But is that is that how they... Is that how the MPD still judges things? Like how m- someone buying it for the first time or how much money GTA and that's a good Rainbow question. Six Siege I'm not, I'm brought not sure in? if it's just counting retail this... sales or if it's also uh, like mm. online volume of money. No, this says best-selling I mean, if, games. If it was box okay. office, DLC should count, right? No, this this is best-selling games. It doesn't. That doesn't always mean um, digital revenue. They have separate categories yeah. for digital revenue. I mean, GTA Five did add like a, a big online expansion recently. They, they not only added shit and were like advertising stuff on Adult Swim. I think yeah. the game finally dropped at briefly to nineteen ninety nine, which Ooh. is the cheapest it's ever. I mean, had. I might buy it at that price. Every yeah. once in a while, I get the itch. Even though I played through it on last gen, I'm like, man, I want to go back and experience that first person mode and see all that stuff. And uh, next up, Mario Kart Eight. Still plugging along, like all of these games. This is a, like a sobering reminder. Thanks to no part of the president's dick. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what I want to see. I want to see the internet meme where they combine the president's dick with the crown, the Toadette mm-hmm. crown, and see what that uh, abomination that creates. I'm, I'm just wondering how long before they Im- Trump supporters embrace it as a meme. Like, no, this is the mega mushroom. <laughs> That's our new name for Toad. Yeah. If they take Toad from us. It's time for civil war. Like, I, I can't, I can't, I can't allow that to happen. The the funniest thing I saw was Toad with Trump's hair on it. <laughs> Captain Toad treasure tracker and the search for Donald Trump's tax returns. Yeah. That's the next one. Captain Toad treasure trail tracker. Yeah, I didn't release it because I didn't want to know how you, how much money I took from the Russian mafia. Oops. <laughs> uh, so yeah, those are the top five selling games. I mean, a lot of old games on there. For mm-hmm. August, which That's is fucking nuts. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that always happens. It really is, it, but it's 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 nuts. But it's also a lot like the old days. Speaking of fucking nuts, uh, Kojima Productions mm. closed out TGS Tokyo Game Show with a weird ass Death Stranding trailer featuring Troy Baker as the man in the golden mask. Did mm. anyone catch this what trailer? I haven't seen it yet. So here's the thing: these are not trailers. All right, I'm video game marketing guy here to tell yeah, you right. these are just in-game cinematics that they're putting up and calling trailers i thought you were gonna say this is just the game well <laughs> this, it, this it, is all it is. Matt, Matt, i think i think that's even being nice i don't think this has anything to do with a game ever you think these are, None these of are tech scenes. demo the cin- like they're just cinematic tech demos i think they're movies for a game he's building something else around and like it's all subject to change, and you might never see that in the game. My favorite theory about Death Stranding is it's it's a postal worker simulator because of all the, mm. the all the gameplay shots are just him moving stuff yeah, around. He's, he's some sort of delivery man. Well, and in this trailer, it starts out the, the camera just pans casually by Norman Reedus holding a dude on his back, just some mm-hmm. dude sitting in a chair on his back. It's nope, not going to bother to explain that. No, nope. no. And then Troy Baker shows up and summons what a tentacle. Shadow cat creature with a golden mask. Embrace the mystery. It's weird, dude. Mm-hmm. It's weird. <laughs> that should be their, their slogan. <laughs> uh, he does say something like, uh, you know, we, we we can make anything or something like that. And, and 
And I think that's kind of the mantra of this game is like mm-hmm. it can just be whatever it wants to be. Death Stranding. What even is this? Speaking yeah. of games that can do whatever they want to do, um, hey, you guys have 105 spare gigabytes on your hard drive? Do I? <laughs> Red, Red Dead, Dead, baby! Red Dead Redemption 2 is going to take up that much. More uh, like Red Dead Redemption. More like Rad Dead Redemption. No. What? Uh... Dude, whatever, whatever it fucking takes for Red Dead. I'm, I'm there day yeah. one, so fuck it. I don't care. I, I think it's a, a little bizarre that they released a one terabyte bundle. With, but it's like, yeah, one seventh of this is going to be the game you're putting <laughs> yeah. in the bundle. I was, I was like, actually that's all to you'll think, be able to do. What's the standard hard drive size for PS4s? Is it 250? Mm, I think it's. I, I know this. No, 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 no. It's 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 500 to one terabyte. Okay, okay. But like. It's about eight hundred for eight hundred fifty per games. Okay. Unless you really want to allocate like no nothing to capture or apps or anything. Well, the OS like that, is yeah, the OS is yeah, taken yeah, up. Yeah, which something. you don't really have a choice over. Like after formatting is said and done, you have about eight hundred fifty yeah. gigabytes. Yeah. They, they, and I mean, they, you uh, can upgrade to on PS4 to like a two terabyte pretty easily. Uh, I've yeah. no. They finally allowed external, so I have an external in mind. Yeah. Oh, oh, PlayStation allows externals. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, I did yeah. with yes. my Xbox. It was the best decision I made. I, I have two externals hooked up to my Xbox, one to my PS4. I wish nice. I could hook another one up. It's amazing. Once you once you hook up like four, six gigabyte or six terabyte drives, it's just mm-hmm. like that percentage full thing goes yep. from like eighty to like twenty. Uh-huh. And now now I've just got like a huge game fridge that's filled with all of my games that I can. I'm ignore. not gonna unplug my PSVR and my drone charger. <laughs> <laughs> well no, what what more realistic, you're gonna come up against bandwidth caps uh from your internet service you're gonna try mm. to download all the games and be like sorry uh, well not all at once although all I, I at once i have had to, to do that actually give it to me all at once I, my hard drive got wiped and i had to re-download everything not everything you could have just downloaded the game you wanted to play nah. <laughs> gotta have it all give it to me like the toad mushroom tip <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is this voice we're doing <laughs> hey alright I don't have a transition for that either PlayStation Classic's a thing it's coming it's a hundred bucks and it's gonna have 20 games on it yeah. you guys you, yeah. you're sad about as excited hold as on. I did hold, hold on like I'm going to buy this probably cause I can't not cause I have a ton of like the PlayStation's one of my favorite consoles ever but like I had to be honest after the NES Classic, right? Like the, when I got bought the NES Classic, it's like these are not my favorite NES games mm. at all. These are the, these are the games they could afford to put on here. And then I got the SNES Classic. I'm like, this is magic. All of this is amazing. Yeah. Um. But like the PS One, I don't play PS One games. Um, no. Over and over again. Do you? Yeah. PS One. Like once you get to that generation, it's just like it's harder to just like dip in and dip out like you would like a you know Super Mario Brothers or something like mm-hmm. that. Right. Like a CB. People have been posting since the Spider Man game came out. The original PS One Spider Man game, which was amazing at the time, but like I will never revisit that game. Guns grafted to hands. Mm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's one I, I could feasibly revisit, but. Uh, which they yeah. won't get. You know, it's not impossible. I think it's you're not right, impossible. You're right. No, because... especially with Sony. You're yeah, right. Exactly. Like it's not uh, impossible. That, that's one where, like, I, I have such a huge library of PS1 games, and I like to think that someday I might go back and play Star Ocean Second Story again, or even, like, Final Fantasy VIII. But realistically, you know... There's always newer stuff to play. I swear I yeah. swear they had me at Jump and Flash. Mm. HD my Jump and Flash. Yeah. 
Because that, that, that's a game I love on PS1 that like never really saw another yeah. generation. I think it showed up on and, PS3. And, and, didn't and someone it? posted in the Laser Time community. I hadn't seen this because we've all read those stories about emulation sites disappearing. Mm-hmm. But they were talking about emulation YouTube video tutorials all disappearing what? too. What? Interesting. Right. That's weird. Because emulators are, emulating is not necessarily easy and that's i learned through youtube and if those things are going away you might not have an option other than like get a ps a ps1 classic um that's weird so the games they've confirmed final fantasy 7 mm-hmm. uh which come on you got to it's playstation you gotta have sure. final fantasy jumping flash you guys talked about ridge racer type mm-hmm. 4 uh tekken 3 and wild arms are fantastic confirmed. they're still announcing 15 more games you know, here's the thing. So my take on PlayStation 1 is polygonal games don't age well. Um, mm. And that's what the whole PS1 thing was about. But Although I'm seeing that coming back as an aesthetic. Like, there, there are it games could. that try to look like Quake or something. And, and I yeah. was, like, puzzling, like, what is the deal with these low-poly games? And it's like, well, it's it's like Super Nintendo-looking games. That, it's like, yeah, yeah. But, but I feel like... Pi- pixel art is its own aesthetic. Low poly yeah. is ugly. <laughs> that was Devil Daggers. Remember that game was like calling mm. back to PS1 graphics. Well, there, there was another one that came out recently that I remember Antista loved. What was it called? Strafe. Strafe, yes. Yes, thank you. Yeah, I, I don't know. The stuff that does age well is pixel. And PlayStation did have some fine pixel games. Symphony of the Night. Yes. But that's not going to be on this. That's coming to PS4 <laughs> yeah. along with Rondo of Blood, yeah, finally. In, in, a, in a special bundle. And, and I want to be more cynical about, but like Konami should be the game company that celebrates every October. Like they should own October mm. with like Dracula fucking releases. Please, dude. Take those I'm, DS games. I mean, horror franchises have been around for thirty years. Take the DS games, the excellent DS games, or even GBA Castlevanias, and put them on a compilation and put them mm-hmm. out in, in October. Like this is this is called Castlevania Requiem. It's coming. It's Symphony of the Night bundled with Rondo of Blood, PS4 exclusive. So we know that's not going to be on PlayStation Classic. I mean, if it would be really weird if it was on both. I'd say I, I, I wouldn't mean, rule it out. No. Yeah, I mean, it's been on just everything like the, now. The Nintendo service skipped Super Mario 2 and put Mario 3 on there. I would think uh, the biggest draw for wanting to have old NES games, you just get it. And it's also available in the NES Classic. How great would it be if the bastard stepchild Final Fantasy VIII was included in this just because it's like, well, Square didn't announce it for anything else, but yeah, you guys get eight on the PlayStation 1 Classic, hmm. the game nobody's asking for. Dave, Dave and I, by the way, talked about this briefly on bonus time as well. We're both kind of conflicted just because, like, realistically, there's a lot of stuff you don't want to revisit there in franchises you love. Yeah. Who? By the way, you, you and who? Dave. Never the Diamond Dog. Oh, Dave Rudden, you mean, formerly of Laser Time, now... Uh, right. Working and now on Street Nightmare, games. which has just relaunched, and uh, this is a bad time to mention it, two hours in the show. Uh, but, but we'll see. <laughs> it's Patreon only. Five bucks, baby. Let's get to that D&D show. All right, what else you got, Matt? This is just a little weird thing that I, I found interesting. Uh, Steam released some stats about people, what types of controllers and gamepads people that connect to their PC games. Um, so the number one, it's obvious, it's the 360 controller. This is the the stat that kind of threw me though is there's more PS4 controllers used than Xbox One, which Michael like, by one percent. But it's but it's you would think because the 360 is there that people are like okay yeah I'm just going to start using X One. I think that's more a sign of the penetration rate for PS4s is just enormous. Yeah, I, I, I to do Xbox too. Yeah. That was my takeaway though that like but 
I don't think PC players are adopting new consoles. I think somehow Steam was... Do you remember how inter- like ready the Steam was to integrate with the Xbox 360 controller wired? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, th- I think everybody bought one of those. And now it's just like, if I adopt one of these new consoles, I'll use that controller. I don't think people are going out and buying those controllers for the plat. People are, don't prefer the PS4 controller for, to play on Steam. Yeah. But I did think it was funny that the Steam controller has like 2%. Oh, yeah. No, the funniest to me was like, there's like 700 dance pads connected to Steam machines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like several million <laughs> PS4 controllers. And I'm like, I want to meet the guy who has his dance pad connected to Steam. Well, like, <laughs> looking on more YouTube. people... More people play uh, with Steam on Steam with a Super Nintendo controller than with a Steam controller. Wow! Yeah, <laughs> damn, that's sad. But like, like, you look on YouTube, like there's someone who's like beaten Dark Souls with a dance pad. That blows my mind. Pretty incredible. Yep. Uh, that's all I got for news. All right. Well, let's move on to the community segment, which, as always, is segmenting our community. Uh, last week's question of the week as you might remember, was what's your favorite celebrity game performance, uh, cameo or just straight-up performance? Um, neither you, neither of you Chris's were here last week. Uh, do, you, do you have a quick answer to that? Uh, sure, yeah. I, you know, I, I have multiple answers, but I could... I think I'll just say uh, Mark Hamill as mm. Wolverine. <laughs> not, not like the greatest Wolverine performance, I would say. It was good. It was good. Where did he play like Wolverine? Surprises. But he was Wolverine in X2 Wolverine's Revenge, wow. which had Hugh Jackman on the cover and nowhere else. Um, I remember and that game. Yeah, I, I actually, that was my press days, and I got to interview Mark Hamill at his recording session. Um, and that was like one of my favorite things in my life. So that is pretty much the reason, um, I actually have on my YouTube channel, I have that entire interview there and, you know, I've put like some, you know, uh, movies and stuff in the background for when he's talking and everything. Uh, but yeah, he was Wolverine and, uh, he, he loves comic books and, Mm -hmm. you know, he was totally into it and it was just awesome to geek out with Luke Skywalker in a sound booth for 20 minutes. He wrote a comic book back in the nineties, didn't he? It was called like Black Pearl. The Black Pearl. Yeah. 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 Weird. Uh, (laughs) and and just another selfish one would be Stan Lee in The Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, you know, he's been in several (laughs) games, but in, in that one, I got to write his bio. Oh, nice. Uh, and he was a character named Stan. Never, never definitively stanley but he uh calls you uh like at the end of the game and and it's stanley's voice like talking about how you messed up his apartment and everything because the whole (laughs) conceit was peter was playing was staying with the family friends stan's uh apartment in the city that's why he wasn't in queens in our game uh and then in in amazing spider-man 2 he actually had his own comic book shop called the comic stan oh nice i'm just putting this out there let's take a moment to appreciate stanley uh while we can because that dude, oh my god, how is he still with us? Hmm. And I say appreciate because he's going to die, and you're going to see like 10,000 articles, actually, Stanley was a monster. <laughs> That's what will follow. Yeah. <laughs> so right now, appreciate Stanley before you see all the trolley articles. Mm-hmm. Oh, can I go back? I want to say um, Phil Margera and Tony Hawk Underground 2. Oh, oh Ben Margera's his dad? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Every yeah. single yeah. actor in that game is fucking terrible. <laughs> But you, you know why they're there. Because they're pro skaters and dude, mm-hmm. that shit is gnar raw. Like, fuck that shit. They're trying that to guy prevent was us from skating. 
Yeah. Dude, watch the intro. Like, Phil Margera gives one of the most authentic screams you've ever heard just by being hit in the ass with a rubber band in a whor- in PS2 graphics. Phil, it's hilarious. Phil was the dad, right? The uncle, what was the yeah. uncle's name? Uncle. Uh, Vito. Uncle Vito. Uh, arrested pedophile Vito, yes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, f- secret about that show is Phil was always the best part of that show. Like, his reaction yeah, to the awesome. band. Yeah, he was great. God He's damn. awesome. Didn't give a fuck. Um, well, the first responder, uh, on the game apocalypse in the comments is laser time rules who says my favorite celeb cameo in a game is Gary Coleman in postal two. I know, I know terrible game. It was random as hell and unexpected. And it was also part of our top five. Damn you. <laughs> nah, I'm kidding. Uh, the full Amish says in terms of performance, I'd have to say, Hey, Mark Hamill, here he is again as Majima in Yakuza, uh, one localization. If any, if anyone had to do an English voice for Majima, I'd want it to be him. Also really have to agree with Lambert is dead with Mike Patton for his role as in the darkness. It's pretty mm. damn impressive that he can just do that voice with little to no editing or post-production help. Uh, on the Facebook community, uh, James Cromer says the entire ca- oh, dude, I should have chose that mm. one. The entire cast of Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters the video game. That game was childhood wish fulfillment at best. That is, that is your Ghostbusters yep. three. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's, uh, get it while you can. Ankroyd has said it. He's, he's yep. he has gone on record as saying that that's Ghostbusters three. Worked on that game, loved it. Uh, my friend Ryan, one of the associate producers, is the character model of the rookie. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, Patrick McLafferty says favorite celebrity as themselves in a game is Adam West in Lego Batman three oh, as a reoccurring, uh, rescuable civilian. And in the 66 Batman level enjoyed his commentary on the scenarios he was needed to be rescued. I, I totally agree with that. That was a great cameo. That's awesome. Must get rescued. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Landon Doan says Mal Reynolds. I mean, Nathan Fillion. Mm. My favorite Halo game was ODST, and that was in no small part because we had a mini Firefly reunion. Yep. Of course, Cap'n Mal as the lead in the lead is Buck, Alan Two Dicks Two Dick as Mickey, and Adam Adam Ball. You know what? I'm cool just talking about Mal and Walsh here. <laughs> yeah, fuck that guy forever. <laughs> yeah. He, he then goes on to give a shout out to his voice work oh, in right, Destiny. Yes. Of course, shout out to did, Mel's VO work in Destiny and Destiny 2 as wait, did, Robot Malcolm Reynolds, <laughs> which of course made him everyone's favorite character, and for good no, reason. That dude was hella boring in the first Destiny. He was not very... Destiny 2, he became Mel. All right. Uh, uh, well, Taken mm, King, no, they gave him personality in Destiny, Taken mm. King. Like, that's when they were like, oh, hey, we have these highly paid voice actors we should probably give them something to do mm-hmm. and so he, he yeah he okay. would he would quip at you in the tower when you walked by or when you went to accept missions from him is nathan fillion not the voice in forsaken that's what somebody's not me. no it's nolan north and you can wow. you can tell the difference and it's not as good and it's a little bit of a bummer i mean nolan north's excellent um but yeah. he's no why nathan fillion i'm not gonna watch your new cop show it'll be gone in a week yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Matt Jorgensen says, let me tell you about a little game for the PSP called Deadhead Fred. Yay! Someone else brought it up. <laughs> Winner of the first Writers Guild of America Award for video game writing. And it starred... Gary Witta? It starred John C. McGinley as the titular zombie, zombified PI in pursuit of vengeance for his murder and to find his missing head. It's an absolutely bizarre game that I still play every couple of years, though it's starting to show its age. I don't know if that's Witta. That's a good question, Chris. I, I think it's our Jason buddy, Gary Witta. I really do. That's a good question, but Mega Man. Uh, <laughs> it, it would be an odd thing to get wrong. 
a game no one's heard of with a guy most people don't know. Well, why don't you read the next one and I'll look it up. All right, from Twitter, random guy uh, 616 says Patrick Stewart as Uriel Septum in the Elder Scrolls. Huh. Oblivion! Being a Trekkie, there's no other choice. Um, yes. Oh, oh and uh, Ray Covey says Jean Renault, uh, um, Anamusha 3. Uh, it's when I first discovered him and fell into the rabbit hole of his career. So uh, that's that's got to be fun. Jean Renault. Jean Renault. Jean Renault. I reviewed, that was a game I reviewed in OPM back yeah. in the day. No shit. Yeah, he was great, he was great, great in Ronin. Discover him here and like, oh, what are these movies? <laughs> Mission Impossible, Godzilla, and The Professional? Like, wow, you have a real up and down thing going on here. Uh, good, good luck. He good was luck. amazing in French Kiss. I will, yeah. I will say that. <laughs> uh, I, I'm sorry. I'm just giggling because I brought up the Deadhead Fred Wikipedia page. And it has the Japanese title as Dedo Hedo Furero. Kubinashi Tante no That name is available on the lasertimepodcast.com website. Uh, uh, Chris, oh, you, you have a Flintstones reference right there for you within reach. Oh. <laughs> Redo, Dedo, Freddo. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, gee, uh, Dedo, Freddo, Freddo. What do we do now? Shut up. You never should have gotten a hotter wife than me. <laughs> yeah, that was not Gary Witt on Deadhead. Ah, oh, man. Oh, I thought it was. David Ellis. Uh, hmm. Yeah. Anyway. I guess it's me doing uh, at Triskitable. The legendary. I hear his name all the time. Yeah, yeah. The legendary Triskitable. Uh, Rosaria Dawson and Michael Madsen both put on great performances in the Dishonored yeah. series as Billy Lurk and Dodd, respectively. At times, it's difficult telling if they're putting on a good performance as de- as a depressed person or just really <laughs> bored. But the moments that demand their the, the, but the moments that demand their characters rise to the call are what really sold me on their performances. They're not bored; they're haunted. Dawson and Madsen both do an excellent job making sure that your takeaway after the time you spend playing the game wait playing as them that your that's your takeaway. That's your take. Ah, oh, it's late. I am yeah. not reading well. <laughs> I, re- I interviewed Michael Madsen once. This was like the weirdest interview ever. What? He was super drunk. Oh man, he was super drunk. He was wasted, and he like. Are you he- sure we're talking about Michael Madsen? Yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, perhaps maybe. <laughs> yeah, he he like literally took my recorder away from me, and while he was answering it, he pointed it at me. Oh Jesus! So I I don't think I even got the interview, <laughs> oh. but. He wasn't saying anything good anyway, but it, it was very memorable. Oh, man. <laughs> Did he then cut your ear off and proceed to light you on fire? Mm-hmm. I think he left shortly after because his people knew how wasted he was. Oh, oh God. But By the way, for the record, for three. more current reference, that dude rules in Hateful Eight. Yes. Uh, I I love the slow burn of his character in Hateful Eight. Wait, what, who is he in Hateful Eight? Fucking Joe... Uh, I don't want to say Buck. That's that can't be correct. No, no. Joe Buck is a sportscaster. Um, but I don't want to ruin anything. But he has a, he has an, a Joe Gage. He's Joe Gage. Oh yeah. Okay. Now that sounds familiar. Who everyone thinks is the killer the whole time. Hmm. Uh, yeah. I'm just gonna say next time my boss catches me looking at my phone, I'm gonna say like I'm not bored. I'm haunted. <laughs> and be like, okay, sure. <laughs> Can you please say it that cute? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm haunted. I'm haunted. And then rub your toe on the ground. (laughs) (laughs) 
We also have some video responses, starting with this one from Mike Amari. Hey, VGA crew. Mike Amari here with the question of the week. Question of the week, of course, was what was your favorite experience with having a celebrity in your video game, either as a main character, as a cameo, really your favorite, anything with a celebrity in a video game? Now, there's a lot to pick from. I was originally thinking about Halo 3, actually, where you had a lot of really weird minor voice characters, and even Halo 2 were taken up with uh, some big-name people. Like, David Cross showed up there. Um, The Rock was in there as as a minor character. Uh, Kind of like background noise. And even Laura Prepon, the uh, uh, redhead from that 70s show. Um, But for me, though, my favorite part, uh, my favorite experience playing with a celebrity in a video game would have to go all the way back to the Commodore 64, one of the first consoles I ever owned, and the Bruce Lee game for the Commodore 64. See, the Bruce Lee game was really only vaguely recognizably a Bruce Lee game. Uh, the sprite basically got him as best as they could, given the limited color palette. Um, it was, though, the fact that I loved kung fu movies as a kid, particularly Bruce Lee. Uh, my dad basically had me grow up on those movies. He was a huge fan. I was a huge fan. He was also a huge computer dork uh, back when I was a kid in the early 80s. And so we had a Commodore 64 in the house, mainly because he loved to program on it and play a lot of different games. So that particular game, though, Bruce Lee, is one of the ones that I would go back and play over and over again. It was balls hard and now knowing how to get through everything you can beat the game in like 20 minutes or something like that not even but I remember taking years to finally get to the final boss room uh, and it, it is an unintelligible mess of a game like most Commodore 64 games were uh, the, with only the vaguest hints of connections to the subject matter it's supposed to be but that game would start with a huge splash screen of Bruce Lee's face and that was all like 6 year old me needed to really fall into the game that and the fact you can run and jump kick that was really my biggest thing. I just any game that let me jump kick from that to double dragon to really anything down the line, I became a huge fan. Um, so thank you guys for listening to me this week. Uh, look forward to spending time with you again next week. And another video response from friend of the show Cody Laveau. Hey guys, Kid Crippler Cody Laveau. Uh, Promise something special this week, and I'm here with about thirty thousand people. One of my closest friends about to watch Nine Inch Nails play. We've already watched Primus, Bush, Chevelle, Yellow Wolf, um, Clutch, Suicidal Tendencies, um, a ton of really, really awesome bands. But uh, it's the gym of the night after Stone Temple Pilots is uh, going to be Nine Inch Nails, a Trent Reznor, so celebrity cameo right there. Uh, it's about to get really loud, so I'm going to explain why Tim Curry is uh, the all-time best celebrity cameo of all time. And uh, I'm going to let... Let's say hung over me. Explain it. Hey, so concert drunk me is like a serious butthead. Um, I know he's laughing about this like right now. Um, I guess his answer for this was Tim Curry in. Frankenstein through the eyes of the monster is what he's going for. It was like a game in the early 90s. It was a lot like Mist, except Tim Curry was in it. Full motion video. And I guess that whoever made that game saw him as Frankenfurter, and they loved him so much, they decided to make him the proper Dr. Frankenstein. And you should look up clips of it, because he's just doing his Tim Curry best. You know, Tim Currying it up. And um, 
Yeah, um... Man, I just wish... I don't know, you drank enough water? Woo! <laughs> I didn't drink enough water. All right, guys, uh, we'll, we'll see you next week. Uh, well, new question of the week. Um, Matt, you've written down, what is your favorite Star Wars character that originated in the video games? Um, it's going to be real hard for me to not say Kyle Katarn. Mm-hmm. Um, because cool. he he's he was cool. awesome. Uh, I loved playing as him in Jedi Knight Two, uh, Jedi Outcast, I believe was the title. Yes, yeah, and uh, just picking up stormtroopers by the throat with a force choke on Cloud City and dropping them into a fathomless abyss. It is a good answer. It is not the right answer, Meatbag. No, the correct answer is HK forty seven from Star Wars: Knights oh, of shit. the Old you're Republic. Right. No, you're right. That is the correct yes. answer. Yes, uh, the homicidal. Some might say genocidal robot mm-hmm. that hated all organic life forms and wanted to see them dead. And if you played as a renegade, was a really fun companion to take along on missions. Yeah. So I, I wanted to say I never I restrained myself by not mentioning uh, the PS One Rebel Assault Two. Uh, never a Jedi, mm-hmm. uh, but I want to give a shout out to Rando White Dudo. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that, at the time I thought it was the one. His what? name is Rookie One, and that is Rookie his name. <laughs> Rookie One. Oh my god! Come on, I was close. <laughs> oh, hey, the Rando. Rebel series is weird. It really is, but like I fell in love. Like I think I wanted. Like I was like, this is the best purchase I've ever made. Uh, once I played that, because it's it was a continued Star Wars series. I didn't know that. Like it was. Lucasfilm sort of making his first Star Wars game and like, eh, why don't we just use some of the costumes we have lying around and shoot it? Like, what? <laughs> you could do this all the time? So before there were new Star Wars movies, it was fucking astounding. Star Wars and my big Christmas question... Special. Hello, just yeah. random... Hey, these, we got these costumes. Yeah. Got- I wasn't alive! <laughs> uh, when that happened. But my biggest question to maybe even Seabake uh, uh, is that, like, how come when I stream Star Wars Battlefront 1 and 2... We don't get flagged for copyright violations on YouTube, but when I stream Rebel Assault, it's like strike, take down. Really? How dare you use John Williams' score? And like, damn, it's like it's I have like, no idea. That's interesting. Yeah, it's like the the two and a half P version of his score as opposed <laughs> to the Battlefront shit. Can sounds have P's? I, I didn't think there was progressive scan for sounds. All sounds have P's, Maddie Allen. I'm surprised you that. <laughs> maybe maybe if you, you identified the stream as Battlefront, you'd be okay. Maybe it's a, a YouTube programming thing. Like it knows. I, I honestly think EA or a company like that would like, let's not sue everyone who uses the game online. Like, right. YouTube's like, okay. And no one's looking out for fucking uh, goddamn Rebel Assault 2. Yeah. Although I have noticed it's become uh, sort of more common for game publishers to flag things. Say, like, uh, just so you know, if you play anything with this song from this footage, it might get flagged on YouTube. Oh, yeah. Some some, some people have a, a setting, even like mm-hmm. uh, a couple of those um, uh, use your words games. Like, use this one if you're going to stream it so you don't get flagged. Mm-hmm. Should I go with mine? Yeah. Uh, so actually, yeah, I, I think I'm changing my answer now. Uh, I forgot about Kotor as a as a mm. answer, and I I think Darth Revan. Yeah, is yeah. that's a great one. Like yeah. just what Bioware did with that game in making well, spoiler alert, I guess for a 14 year old game 
in making you Darth Revan, Ooh. and it's like a what? Yeah. I hadn't played it. Now I'm being spoiled. <laughs> See how much that now, sucks. It, 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 the thing I love about that is that it it takes something you can really only do in video games, hmm. uh, and it it uses the medium in its maximum effect. And for that reason, I mean, I I think I can't think of a better character because it is you, and it is like this very impactful moment. Uh, you know, I did think about saying like Star Killer or even Idenversio from uh, hmm. from uh, Battlefront Two last year. Uh, but can I? I have a joke answer too. Sure, please, uh, CB. <laughs> uh, Arden Lynn from uh, from Masters of Tarascasi is the final boss. <laughs> she is the master of Tarascasi, and I have a video on my YouTube channel that is like a really stupid theory about how Kira from Solo becomes Arden Lynn. Ooh. Is she they, the one with the robot alike, arm? They dress alike. Yeah, she has a robot arm. Yeah, that, nice. that is part of it. Uh, yeah, and then something. Uh, I, I guess uh, there there is still that spoiler at the end of Solo that I think most people know, but you know, someone she's working for uh, could play into things as well. Uh, but if you go on my YouTube channel, you can watch that stupid video. And please go to <laughs> Chris Baker's YouTube channel. It's fucking it yeah, fucking rules. Yeah. I've disappeared in a bunch of your stuff on um, a couple of occasions. Uh, what's the URL there? Uh, superhero.vg. Superhero.videogames. Yeah, or just cbake76 on YouTube. Or Your YouTube channel videos. is one of the few that makes me mad. I'm like, I wanted to do that, but he's so much better at it. Uh, <laughs> there, there's there's plenty of room for it. There's other. There's a one called Panels to Pixels that's really good. Same kind of thing. I, I've kind of like, I have this like superhero video game subculture that is uh, yeah. it's a very small group of people, but <laughs> they're they're very dedicated. It's, it's, it's I have a thousand notes of wanting to do just that, and like oh, every time I try and research it, you did it already. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and yeah, I love your YouTube channel. I feel like we're into Thank plugs you. now, but if I could just squeeze out, uh, what's your favorite uh, original Star Wars character that originated in video games? Let us know. Go to videogameapocalypse.com. Look for the article for episode 282. Post in the comments there. Or you can visit the official Laser Time community on Facebook. There'll be a thread started there for you to answer. Or you can hit us up on Twitter at VG Apocalypse with your answer. And it might get read next week. And I feel like I'm leaving something out here. No? Okay. But yes, plugs. Uh, yeah, is there, is, I'm sorry I kind of interrupted you there, Chris. Is there anything else that, uh, Oh, uh, pl- I did. Yeah, I guess that that did kind of go into plug territory, yeah, didn't yeah. it? Uh, I think uh, for me personally, if you just go to my Twitter account at cbake76, cbake76, uh, there's a bunch of links there. You can get the link to my YouTube, my book, all that Ooh. stuff. Uh, but if you want to follow, uh, you should follow Zen Studios as well. That's uh, at Zen underscore Studios and at Pinball FX3. Uh, and also do be on the lookout for the new Williams pinball coming out October 9th. You and people course, do amazing work. Now. I salute you. They, yeah, they really do. The, all those guys in Hungary are, are awesome. And uh, one of these days we'll announce the game I'm working on. Sweet. Love it. Love it. Um, oh, my God. Can I plug some Please. stuff real fast? Because it's a really busy week for laser time stuff. Uh, one, we're still trying to launch the quiz down. I know you don't care about that. But you might care about Elm Street Nightmare. Uh, we recorded one episode of that, uh, and you should listen to it because it's on this week's Laser Time feed. 
Uh, we want to make it uh, available for everyone, but until until uh, it gets launched, it's exclusive for patrons at the $5 level on patreon.com slash lasertime. Also this week, you will be getting uh, a bonus episode with uh, me and Dave Rudden, uh, a 302010 bonus episode that has one of the funniest things we've ever listened to that wouldn't normally fit into the 302010 show. That's all I'll say. Uh, I have not laughed hard enough to where like I had to take cough medicine. Uh, whoever sent that in, by the way, I love you. Uh, but a ton of great Patreon stuff in addition to a Smokey and the Bandit commentary as well as over 100 movie commentaries uh, and hundreds of podcasts uh, you can listen to just by uh, helping us get by at the price of like a cup of coffee or a Big Mac. Come on, dude. Nice. I already plugged our D&D show yes. uh, earlier in the show, so I might as well take this opportunity. Thank you, Seabake. You introduced us to a guest on VGA a few weeks ago. I'll plug our own show. So uh, VGA mm-hmm. 281, we had Chris Clow on, yes. who's on the Comics on Consoles podcast. and um, Yes, he is, he is part of the cabal that I mentioned yes, earlier yes, of, like of these super- expert, <laughs> superhero, superhero experts as it relates yes. to video games. So thank you for that. But if you hadn't heard that episode, go back and listen now. Um, and then if you just want to follow me personally, I'm on Twitter at Maddie C. Allen. All thoughts there? Horrendously bad. Terrible. Mm. Dad jokes, just fucking they, terrible. They all belong to your employer and the reader's employers How and, dare uh, you. How and the president dare of the United you. States. That's right. Yeah. What? What? <laughs> what? what? <laughs> Record scratch? Yeah. yeah. Opinions here are yours. But, you know. Sure. Yeah. Standard disclaimer. Um... And as always, you can hit us up on Twitter at VG Apocalypse. Visit us online at VigigameApocalypse.com. And visit me personally on Twitter, again, as at Wikiparas. Thanks for listening, everybody. That's been our show. We'll see you next week. Welcome back to our wonderful intelligent second segment where we will launch directly into Oh seriously? Come on. <laughs> <Hang> on. <laughs>